we'll get we'll get cracking uh, into the season gradings for each of the teams. So do let's, you want to um, start from the bottom, or do you want to do alphabetical order so it's a bit like a bit more variation? Because obviously we're going to be going like just up in number order. Then it's well to go from the bottom to the top. Um, yeah, yeah. If you want to do it, yep, yep. So we can start True. with uh, the Adelaide Crows. The Crow Eaters. Um, I think it's probably safe to say that they had a disappointing year. I don't think they were necessarily projected to have a great year this should year. We, should we do a, just discuss our sort of scoring scale and how it's going to work? Yeah, we can do that. So we can do are that. we going to go out of 10 or are we going to do grades? I think we do an out of 10. So yeah. 10, 10 we'll say is like... We can do it out of 18, Obviously. so the Adelaide Crows are 14. Also, <laughs> <laughs> um, do Bailey's, Bailey's out of 18 ladder. So 10 is obviously like amazing, way above, you know, better than you expected. I would say uh, zero is obviously like a complete disaster. Everyone in your team died. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I would yeah. say... So it should be one of those this five, year, Five is like... You know, sort of like a pass mark. Like it was okay. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. Maybe, maybe thought they'd do a little bit better, but probably about what you'd expect. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll, that's that'll be sort of our scale. So yep. Adelaide. Uh, yeah. Well, you yeah. Know, Adelaide. Yeah. Adelaide. Adelaide Crows. Um, they, I mean, they had some bright spots. There's like like um, Ben Keys. I think has been a bit of a revelation for them. Um, you know, one of those players you like. Yeah, I think he's one of those players that if you like to watch, um, if you like to really analyze football and watch football, and you see the players that work hard to be everywhere, um, you know, on the on the field, I think he's one of those. Um, you know, likes you know likes to gather or gather possessions and you know, a bit of an accumulator. But the reason why he's an accumulator is because he, you know, he's he's a runner. Um, you know, he's one of those guys who has like a big aerobic capacity and can cover the ground and, um, you know, he's always putting, you know, always putting in a hundred percent effort and those are the guys you want on your team. So, um, and I know they had, um, oh, who was the, who's the first year player who kicked all the goals? I can't remember my Adelaide crow knowledge. Is, uh, is it, is it Fogarty? No, Fogarty's Fogarty's becoming a bit of an old old head. Yeah, he's he's got a little bit of... uh, Well, they're top three goal scorers, Tyler Walker, Fogarty and Shane McAdam, is that? Uh, I'm going to hit myself in the head when I realise who I'm talking about. It was like early on, uh, I think he kicked like... I want to kick, think, say he kicked like five goals in his first game or six goals. Oh, Taylor Walker. Yeah, Taylor, definitely was Taylor <laughs> yeah. Walker. First, first, game, first game player, Taylor Walker. I mean, you know, he might as well have put on a mustache and said his name was <laughs> Taylor Walker. I think Riley O'Brien had a good year, the Ruckman. I might, th- I might be thinking, I'm, maybe I'm just thinking about a different team. Uh, like Jordan Butts. <laughs> a big names guy. Riley O'Brien's interesting one because he had that... Uh, Mistake on Twitter where he, he basically bagged out Nick Natnui and he posted what he said was his notes for the game. It was something like, you know, slow, doesn't run, um, run off him and dominate or something, something along those lines. And it's funny because those words pretty have much never been up. more accurate. You watch the last few games that old Nick Nat played and then him. Josh Rochelle. Rochelle. Oh, yep. I remember yep. him in the draft, uh, seeing yep. his name in the draft yep. as a potential. At the start of the year, he was, um, yeah, he was going really well. I don't know how he finished his year, but. 
Uh, it seemed like he was a... Yeah, I think Adelaide started the year well, didn't they, as a team? And then I think Sloan, yeah. he missed a lot of the year with injury. Um, yeah, he did, yeah. I'm, I like McHenry. Um, I like the mix. I like McAdam and McHenry. Yeah. I think they're pretty good players. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think they're, you know, they're in this... I did, they're, they're, I feel like they're in this kind of middle ground of a rebuild in that they haven't... Yeah. They haven't sold the farm yet. Um, and they've got some old heads... And they've got some new young players. I feel like at some stage that this team is going to have to bottom out. I don't know if you get the same feeling. Yeah. You know, the kind of thing where they're like, oh, you know, either Taylor Walker's retiring or they're looking to ship him off somewhere else to kind of start fresh. That kind of... Because, uh, you know, Taylor Walker's still Taylor Walker at the yeah. end of the day. I think, you know, yeah, you could send him to Frio and I reckon he'd mm. be a pretty good fit. Great. Yeah. Until, as you said, he removes the moustache and he comes back as Staler. And <laughs> then he won't be anymore. What's your uh, score? I'm going to give them a four. Yeah. Fair. I think I think I think a four is good. I think, you know, they obviously were not good. Um, but I don't think there was high expectations on no. them to begin with. So um they didn't they definitely didn't ex- exceed expectations. I think they probably hit the mark. Um yeah, I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah. I've got last year's ladder up here, so for our, going forward all of our uh reviews We'll, I'll let you know what uh, that team finished last year just to give us a bit more understanding on what maybe was expected. Where they are so now. Adelaide finished 15th last year uh, on 28 points. So, okay, so they won an extra game. Yes, they won one more game this year. I'm in the same boat as you. I think um, it, they probably did about what you would expect. So it's hard to be too disappointed. But also, I, I find them to be... Uh, in no man's land a little bit like they yep. they haven't done that uh you know what what we've seen teams like a, a Carlton do what we've seen historically a Hawthorne do what we've seen Fremantle do Melbourne where they've loaded up in a couple of drafts and been really pick heavy and had you know four or five picks in the top say 30 in that draft year they haven't we haven't seen them do that just yet so they've still been sort of clinging a little bit to some of their uh, existing players, players that they have lost and shipped out. It hasn't necessarily been their choice. It's been the player. Like they lost to Crouch. They obviously, they lost Eddie Betts a few years back. Um, yep. You know, guys have wanted to get out of there because of that, that, that infamous camp, camp yeah. after the grand final and they sort of, the wheels fell off from that. I still think they haven't really recovered from that. They might have... Um, you know, not be carrying any emotional baggage from that anymore. But in terms of the toll it took on their list and their team, I think they're still wearing that. And I think that along with what you said, they might have a little bit uh, more of a downward trajectory before they come back up. They do have some good young players. Richelli there. I do. I really like Darcy Fogarty. When when it was his draft year, I was kind of hoping maybe Freeman would take him because I thought he had a bit of Matthew Pavlich kind of build. He's from the same club as Pav. I don't think he's... Like Pav obviously played as a midfielder and a back and all that kind of. I think Fogarty's probably more of like a Pav Tom Hawkins kind of yeah. athlete. Not in saying he's going to be as good as yeah. those guys. I know he's like, got he's, he's got a bit of um he's got a bit of steam train about him. Like he yeah you know, he's a you know, strong, he's big, strong lead athlete. and he's big and he's powerful. He'll yeah. clear future all Australian captain. You reckon? Could mm. mm. <laughs> be. Yeah, I like what he's about. I think they've got the building blocks there, but I do think they're going to have to hit the draft hard. And it might be this year. Maybe they do trade. I don't think Walker's trade value is going to be enormous at this point. No. But 
maybe there's a couple guys they can trade or something. maybe if they trade some future picks to get some in this draft this could be the one and they might start turning around but yeah I'm going to give them a four as well yeah yeah, I mean, there's always a team that surprises and jumps into the eight or whatever. Yeah. You know, it could be them. I don't see it being And they started them, the year well this year. Like, they had a bit of momentum, but they really, like, fell away. And they didn't get belted very often, which is usually a good thing. But, yeah, they weren't. Yeah. yeah. You didn't, well, most they, weeks they, they kind of, like, won games sporadically through the season looking at their I mean, form. They, beat, they, they, they beat Carlton. So. They, never really, they never really had a big down of, like, a string of losses. They lost five in a row at some point in the middle of the season. They won three recently, so I as a, I haven't seen a lot of games this year. But um, from what I've from what I gathered at the start of the year and what I expected, they kind of finished spot on from where I thought that they were going to be. And as you said, like with all the drama, I think the drama off field is kind of like impactful, but also it it kind of it just shows that they're in that grey area that you guys said. Like they're just it's not like they're pulling the pin yet on a rebuild, but they're also kind of committing to like it's just confusing. Yeah. So like. I don't really care that much about Adelaide, to be fair. They got, <laughs> they got too many. They got too many frigging colours to like. <laughs> yeah, to remember. Just call them that. It's, I, it's just it's, they're, out of, they're out of my scope of works here. So I'm pretty much just going to say Adelaide. They for me they got a five because they pretty oh, much did. Oh, you just bang on. Did yeah. what? Did what yeah, they the expected? Reason, yeah, the reason why I thought four is just because they were in that bottom five. I think you know they did around what you'd expect, which would usually be probably a five. Yeah. Like if they fell where you thought they would, but I think they probably. Um, they, they went you know, up they, a ladder position, man. Like they, they lose they're improving. Yeah, they lose. You can do what's expected, but if you're not predicted to be good, then what's expected is still bad. So it's yeah. still like a it's negative very, yeah. mark. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's very difficult because every single one of these AFL teams goes into the season going, we can win the premiership. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, right? Is like yeah. they all go in and they're like, yep, we're, we're going to you know, have a good red hot crack at this no matter what we think the realistic expectations yeah. are. And then, you know... And maybe so they, we should... This, the scale will be slightly adjusted because obviously, like, North Melbourne, you probably... A lot of people probably predicted them to their wooden spoon, but you still, like... We're not, not to give them a North Melbourne thing, but I'm not going to give them a five and say, yeah, it's what they... You know, that's like a part... <laughs> is, is They've had a bad season, you know, so... Yeah, let's right. move on. Let's move on. So we got the Brisbane Lions. Brizzy, Brisbane Vegas. This is a, so this is an interesting one actually. It I is. think um, the Brisbane Lions. So what was their ladder position last? Can, can yes, we start I that off the top were, because I think that would be helpful because they were fourth last year. Yeah, I was going to say they, they had sixty four. points. So you've got <sighs> same amount of points. That's interesting. Same that amount is, of points. Yeah, that is that is interesting. I <sighs> top four was I mean, tight this year. They were in the top four. The top four was really tight. The top four, top eight was really tight. Um, Even last year, like if you sorry to just cut no, in no, there, no, but no, they finished on sixty points. But the Bulldogs in fifth and Sydney in sixth, they were on sixty points as well. So they were they were fourth on percentage. So they could have easily been the same position. Basically, they basically did the same year. They just their percentage wasn't as strong. Yep, yep, yeah. I mean their their team is obviously a good team. It's you know, skillful attacking plays a pretty good brand of footy. I think. No, I don't like him. You don't like him? No, not a fan. Also, um, I yeah, I kind of like the brand of football that they play. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah, obviously, Lucky Neal plays for them, so you probably got a little bit of a axe to grind on that one. But they got a they got a really good they solid stole team. Him. I think you know what I know. What like I think um I think Fags has a I think he has a lot to do with their success. I think he's mm. a good coach, um, but. Like I mentioned, I think there's that defensive aspect to their game that they're kind of lacking a little bit. And I don't, I never saw them, even when they were at their best, I never thought they could hang with like Melbourne. 
um, or Geelong. And obviously the last round of the season probably proved me right. So I think you could probably give them a six or a seven. Are we are we shifting the scale, as you said, or are we just keeping it with the expectations? Yeah, well, like, factor in the expectations. But, but also if, performance. If the team was bad, yeah. like It's more of a subjective summary you, of their expectation versus performance kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah, and if you're top four last season, you don't want to be sixth this season. Yeah. Even if you are on the same points, I think you want to show... show I think you want to show a, a marked improvement in the way that you go about it you know, plugging your holes, patching up your cracks. Did they do enough? Did they do enough this year? And I guess you have to probably analyze their game a little bit more. But did they do enough this year? Did they, you know, whether it's personnel-wise or game plan-wise, to to really, uh, you know, display improvement mm. uh, on last year? Just break, I would just say, break through, you know, just... <laughs> Paul, yeah, what's, exactly. what's <laughs> your... Um, yeah, well, my my general idea of the maroon and blue and yellow. See, all the, too many colours in too these teams. Too many colours. Um, yeah, like if, they, if I was rating them on the first half of the season, I'd probably go with like, you know, up the higher end of the scale, like, you know, eight or a nine or something because they did pretty well out of the gate. But then their form over the last 10 games-ish has been, you know, a bit back and forth. So they're probably versing quality sides and whatnot. But as Reese mentioned, it's... Yeah, you drop in a couple of positions on the ladder, not getting that top four side, top four spot. I'm probably looking at, you know, six, like overall, yeah, six again. Yeah. yeah it's hard with the this, this scaling kind of thing because obviously, they, I mean, they, this it's is like a, a pass mark, well. is not, but it's, it's hard to, like, in a way, they would have obviously expected to finish top four again. So if five's like expectations kind of thing, they could have got, you could give them a four, but you can't give them a four because they've still performed well. They've won the same amount of games. They are playing finals, so. Um, that's the other thing with these finals teams is like this team could go on and win the premiership. And then yeah. Go, well, that's a 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, we're, it's their regular season assessment. I'll show you, moments. yeah, now look. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to give them a five um, because I think maybe a five and a half. They've done. They've had a good year. Maybe they're being judged a bit harshly because it's like a bit of taste at the end of the year because they haven't finished it strong, strongly. But I actually think Brisbane's missed their window, and I think that <clears throat> the last two seasons they had a chance to win the premiership. But I think now because we've got their list up here in front of us, yeah. To look you at their team, a- you got some aging stars. Like Mitch Robinson was really good. I don't know if he he made all Australian, but he, well, was, he in, was he was in and out of the side. I think, yeah, this he was in contention though, like a couple of years ago for yeah. like all Australian as a wingman. He really was leading the charge on the kind of new, the new style wing role. Um, and you know, every other week it seemed like on the on all the, the footy programs on Foxtel, um, you know, they were showing you footage of of how he sets up and the things, and he was really pivotal. He's getting older now. I don't. I don't know how old he is exactly, Mitch Robinson. We can probably check that out. But um, how old is he? Thirty-three. Yeah, so he's thirty-three now. Um, wow. But he's probably it's not like he's going to retire. He's still probably going to go around another year or two. But I think he's. You know, this year he struggled a bit. Um, they Wait, the, brought, way the way he's acting over TikTok, though, I wouldn't have guessed a day over uh, yeah, twenty-three. No, very young. They do still have some good young players like Barry and things like this. But I just don't think you know. Zorko's older, Robinson's older, Daniel Rich has got to be older. 
Lockie Niels, you know, he's still young enough. He's going to be very gotta, good for another be couple older. of years. But, <laughs> well, he does because a year has passed. Yeah. But he's, he's <laughs> yeah. Um, Danaher, I don't, I don't know how old Danaher is. I think, he's, I think Danaher is one of those ones that looks older than he actually Danaher is. Danaher is an interesting player. Uh, Cam Rayner came back from injury this year, and I think he had a decent year, but he's that one that, uh, you know, he was, he was meant to be their Dustin Martin, Cam Rayner. I don't know if he's going to get to that level. He's still too young to write him off yet and say that he won't. But I just think that their team is its on the other side of that sort of arc that teams go on. Yeah. That just barely. Like they're just sort of over that crest. I reckon last year was probably the, the peak of it. And I think now they're just tipping to the other side of that crest where they're going to start. Yeah. And, and it's not to say they could get someone in free agency or make some trades this they're year gonna and have switch to, that around. But they, I think yeah. if they just leave things as is, they're probably going to dip. I'm not saying they're going to plummet and do a West Coast or something. No, no, no. But I think I, we could probably see them finishing in the lower half of the eight the next couple of years. And then depending what they do in those years in terms of drafting and, and trading and things like that, we could see them you know, fall further down or come back up again. But I do yeah. think that their chance of winning the premiership, and there's always a bit of luck and stuff involved, like other teams get an injury here and there. You know, someone pops up and what's it? Um, Charlie Cameron, he could have a huge game and kick five or six in the final. And you know, you never know. I wouldn't totally write them off this year, maybe, but yeah, I'd be very surprised if next year they they bounce back straight into a top four position. That's yeah. just my opinion. I on think them. they have like some really good young talent. And that's what I'm just going through now. I'm just checking some ages and stuff. And like yeah. Starsevich is really good. Um, you know, they've got. I think how old's Hipwood? Hipwood would still be pretty young. Yeah, he's young. You know, he's twenty-four. They've got um, Zach Bailey is really good. Um, Cam Rayner obviously is only twenty-two. Um, Jared Berry is what twenty-four yeah, is Barry he? Is good. Yeah, Jared Berry is good. Human Cluggage. very good. I think McStay. There was some talk good. about McStay, and who's in some trade rumors this year, so they could lose him. Yeah. How's I haven't seen a lot of Brisbane games, but how's Marcus Adams doing there? Like, I think he's like a like a in and out. Kind of key defender. I remember when he was yeah. at the Bulldogs, he was like a just he, the specimen. Yeah, he was just yeah reliable backman. Like. He had a couple of good years, but he hasn't quite no, come back yet. So. But yeah, twenty. Right. But they do have. So yeah, I think you're right. Like they've got a a lot on the on the older edge, the, you know, the late the least. late twenties, early thirties, and then they've got a lot of good un- upcoming players. So I think they need to figure out how best to reload. It's possible, but it's difficult. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't think, like you said, they're not going to bottom out, but they might drop a little bit as they try and. Because, you know, yeah. usually when you're reloading, you need to do it a couple of years at a time. You're not going to get all your players in in one hit. Yeah. Um, so I think when, they're, yeah. yeah, their absolute premiership window is probably coming to an end and they, and they have to figure out in the next two years what they want to do. Yeah, I think you're right there. Oh, the baggers are next. All righty. So yeah. we... The only team what, that... five for Brisbane, you say five. Yeah. I gave them five, six, 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 seven, six, six. point five. Around the same mark. Six. six. Yeah, we'll say a six. Yeah. Um, all right, the baggers. The only right. team I can say the na- the name of their the color of their jersey, and it's actually the name of the club. Navy <laughs> Blues. It's pretty. It's an easy one for you. Bob. So they were thirteenth uh, last year. They had thirty two points and a percentage of eighty eight point five. So I mean, look at the end of the day, nobody saw them uh, as a top four team, and probably a lot of people saw them as banging on the door of the eight, maybe make the eight. I think at the start of the year before anything happened, I think that was probably the case. Um, How many? Uh, yeah, so they've won. They won twelve games. Twelve this year? and ten. So last 12 year they won 10. eight. 
they've won pretty, four, four more games. It's a pretty big improvement. Pretty decent percentage too for. They did. They had a pretty poor percentage. It's like that was the one thing. Like when they were in the top four and when they were in and out of the top yeah. four was because of their percentage. Yeah, I think them and Collingwood were the ones else's. that were the outliers with like yeah. a low percentage but a good amount of wins. Um, so, I mean, look, if I was going to just straight up give them a score, um, I would give them a six or a seven. Um, maybe a seven. And it's probably... A seven's probably... You're probably thinking, wow, that's pretty high. But you... Bias. Yeah, no, it's not bias. <laughs> I mean, if it was bias, if I was being really subjective, I would be like a two because I just watched that game on the weekend. Um, Still raw. A heartbroken two. But I never, you know, there was a lot of talk. The media hyped Carlton up huge. And that was part of the problem is that they were eight and two. And, you know, every time they had a good win, the media would talk about them being a contender. And you had to look at the draw and you had to look at the way that they were winning games to really see that they weren't as good as advertised. They, early on in the season, they beat Richmond, they beat Hawthorne, they beat Port Adelaide, and they almost lost all three of those games because they took the foot off the pedal or because they, you know, crapped the bed just like they did against Collingwood, just like they did against Melbourne. The difference was that they were just able to hold on long enough to win the games. Same thing happens at the end of the season and everybody's going, oh my God, I can't believe they did that. I can believe that they did that because I saw it happen at the start of the year. So if you look at where they were last season, they've just got a new coach. They've just kind of reloaded. I think, you know, maybe the six is probably fair. Not so much the seven. Um, well, they know, perform well though too. Like I, I know they lost out in the last you know, couple of rounds or whatever, but considering where they were last year and the expectation on them this year, they performed pretty well. I think there was a there was a time where them and Hawthorne were the only uh, were a couple of the only undefeated teams in the squad and being so young that was yeah. That was a good time to be us, but then Hawthorne <laughs> went downward from there and Carlton just kept going really well. So yeah, I mean I think um uh yeah, maybe the six and less so the seven. I think seven's probably you know, the seven to ten range is probably for those higher up in in the in the ladder, but I think they exceeded expectations. Or I think they either met they met expectations and they exceeded them at the start of the year. Mm. I think that's what I think that's what happened mm. there. So like at the end of the year they were probably brought down to earth a little bit a little bit more um to where you probably thought they would be. Um they dropped games towards the end of the season they just shouldn't have dropped. They lost to St Kilda and they lost to Adelaide and they shouldn't have lost those games and if they had won them like they should have, they would be playing finals football right now. You know, forget about you know, dropping the game against Collingwood. Forget about dropping the game against Melbourne. They should have beaten Adelaide and they should have beaten St Kilda a few weeks prior to that. Um, you know, a little a few weeks prior to even that, uh, you know, the games against St Kilda and, and Adelaide, they had probably what I thought was their best game of the season against Fremantle, where that was probably the only game all year where I thought they actually put a four-quarter effort in. Um, every other game that I watched them play... You know, like you said, there was a quarter that was really subpar, or there were a couple of quarters that were really subpar, and some really, really exceptionally good quarters that helped them win games. And so, until I see a team consistently play four quarters of really good football, 
I'm not going to, the lid's not going to come off. And that's what it was for me with Carlton. And so when they started losing games in the back end of the season, everybody's going, oh, they're choking, they're choking. I was like, no, I expected this because they'd shown it earlier. They just managed to get away with winning the games. It was in their DNA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's also to be expected from a young side to be like dropping off towards the end of the season. It happens. They're not They're not young, young. That's the oh, thing. Yeah, so, yeah. I, and I think Chris is a lot older than I thought, realized he was. Yeah, he'll be like twenty eight. He'll be twenty eight next year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's time for you. Yeah. Um, but they do have some good. <laughs> they do have some time. good young. They do have some good young players um, coming in. They have some players they have to move on. I know they just delisted Jack Nunes um, and then Luke, Luke Parks <laughs> and somebody else who I'm forget. Oh, Oscar, Oscar McDonald. Oscar McDonald. Um, who Oscar McDonald was really good at the start of the season, actually, but he's, I think his back is cooked. Like, so I don't was, think he can so play. Was Carlton. Mm. I don't think he can. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so are the Navy Blues. Um, and a lot, uh, you know, a lot of this, you know, people say like injuries and stuff, like Carlton, for being where they were, you know, top four in that top four conversation at the time, were suffering a lot of injuries. Um, and if you look at like the injuries per team, Carlton were up there for those teams in the top eight there weren't a lot of teams I think maybe like the the Bulldogs were rivaling them a little bit along the line but they just had a lot of injuries there and I think it really started coming apart when Mark Pitnett went down because I think they had you know they had the best midfield in the league at the time and then Mark Pitnett goes down Tom DeConning has to come in Tom DeConning was really good I think you know a lot of people would say he had like a breakout season but he didn't have the size and the strength to deal with a lot of the best ruckman in the game. He was athletic, but he didn't have the strength that Pitnett had, who, when Pitnett came back, was a little bit underdone and they didn't have the same effect. So it was like a bit of a tumultuous kind of time where they were trying to figure out what works best and neither of their ruckmen really worked after they'd mixed it up a little bit. So later in the season, they came back to buy them. They didn't have the consistency there and it didn't really work for them. Same, Jacob Wiedering went down and he didn't come back with... Beto. He didn't come back. Like he, I don't think he was comfortable after coming back from his shoulder um, shoulder injury. There's so, less readering toweling people up this year. Yeah, So and he was like all-Australian conversation in the first half of the year as I well. I thought he was so. pretty good on the weekend. It's the game that I watch. He had some big runs. Yeah, I mean, obviously you got Charlie Curnow. He won the, the Coleman medal as well. So, you know, back-to-back Coleman medalists actually. So, you know, McKay. Uh, McKay prob- well, Mackay probably had a... Down year, you would you could argue he was injured in the middle of the year as well. So you know that was a factor. Um, Is that because his quote unquote brother played too much this season, uh, yeah, so they probably. couldn't play at the same <laughs> yeah, time? That's you know? probably what happened. Um, so yeah, I think that I'm you know I could ramble forever on this, but yeah, probably about a six. Yeah, yeah. I would say uh, I'd give them a six as well. You could make a few arguments with it because I think. <clears throat> They've probably finished right about on or maybe just below what the pre-season expectations would have been for them. I think most um, footy media people expected that Carlton would be a team on the come up this year. They like showed some signs of it last year. They weren't able to maintain. And then, you know, as we spoke about, um, we've spoken about it a few times last you know season or so, but that. Fremantle and Carlton have been on a similar tra- trajectory. They obviously are teams, but they've been on that same kind of, similar sort of path where they were they were down, and then they kind of like were building steadily. And then last year, they both showed signs that they're almost ready for like 
finals. Freer, I think, only just missed out last year. Carlton, obviously, were a few games off of it. So I think, like, you could probably argue that they could get a, a lower score because they, like, they may be underperformed. But I, I, the reason I'm giving them a six is because, as well as, like, they did have a very strong season as a team, they had some really good moments and they were in the top eight for most of the year. They're in the top four for parts of the year. You know, Kerno winning the Coleman, Cripps back to his All-Australian vice-captain and getting back to um, you know, his best. And then obviously, yeah, they did have some <clears throat> injuries to deal with throughout the year, which, you know, all teams have the injuries, but there's different, like, there's levels to it and who gets injured. And there's also, like, injuries when you get multiple at the same time. As we saw with, like, the Dockers this weekend, if they had, you know, Lob, Tabernara and Logue together. It's three key forwards in once. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, crap, we've got no key forwards left in the team. That sort of thing can happen. You know, I think if Sam Walsh played on the weekend, you'd probably think they would have been able to rummage up an extra point or two. Um, even George, yeah, even George Hewitt as well, who was huge throughout the year. And then at the end of the year, just broke down and wasn't able to get any consistent football. And Yeah, yeah. so I think like a lot of... The reasons that they were winning, they had that really good, strong, tough midfield. Um, you know, Cripps, Kennedy had a really good season. Hewitt, Chera, Walsh. Suddenly, you know, you don't have Walsh, you don't have Hewitt, you don't have um, Kennedy towards that back end of the year, mm-hmm. at least consistently, and things just aren't... You, you don't find that cons- that consistency that you need going into finals yeah. anyway. So with Carlton, like, I'll give him, I'm giving him a six for this one. But I would say that there's big, like, the pressure is on them yeah. big time now for next season because I think, as we you sort of mentioned with their list, they're young, but they're not that young. Like, they're not really young at all, in fact. They have a window and here. if you and look at their team, yeah. like, I think, I don't know this off the top of my head, the ages, but just on assumption of what I know of, you know, most of the, the bulk of their good players... They got a lot of a lot of their core is in that probably twenty four to twenty eight year old age range, which is generally like your physical sort of prime yeah. at AFL level, and that's where you need to capitalize. That's all good premiership teams tend to come when the bulk of your top ten players in your list fall in that twenty four to twenty eight, even twenty nine year years of age range. So. And the fact they've had the two common medalists the last two years, like obviously got like a really uh, powerful forward line in that sense. But also, there's still some concern there for me because on the weekend, that powerful forward line was up and powerfuling. But they should have won that game easily. If these, if they, if these, if their key, Carlton's key forwards took responsibility on and delivered when they needed to. They would have won that game by five goals or so. Yeah. Like they could have, Kerno could have had a massive outing if he just finished properly. Like the set shot where he snapped, the general play snap that he had that he missed, those are makeable goals, especially the set shot because he didn't even take time off the clock to assess it. Like they had opportunities where they really could have been a lot more damaging. So even though they're able to win, they've won the Coleman, it shows because of their midfield and stuff how many opportunities they're getting as forwards because they leave. Uh, a lot of cheese and lettuce on that plate. Like they, they, they leave a lot yeah. of goals in, and, and I mean, in the bank. That's the thing. Like earlier on in the season, they weren't doing that. Yeah, I could name two games, two games this whole season off the top of my head. I think where I know Mackay particularly cops a bit of flack for like being a bit wild. Oh, uh, yeah, he kind of. Kerno yeah. doesn't. I don't think is 
as but it's more um bad. Nah, Kerno's never been as bad. Like Kerno, you can really trust to like dob one from like fifty meters plus, like just a monster goal. Whereas like sometimes you know you get Mackay would like it to forty to fifty. He might try around the corner, which is too yeah. far out, and you go, well, what are you doing that for? Um, so and then yeah, there was those ones. I, it was very uncharacteristic the goals that they missed on the weekend, and that's the thing, right? Is like any other game, I would have backed them in to kick those goals. Yeah, there's probably the pressure of it but also that's something that's one of those things where we talk about like finals experience where they might you might find that the first time when they do make the finals they could have that's a rough happens. game because they got a lot of guys that haven't played any have no finals well their whole tip list virtually uh, unless well yeah Zach Williams has probably played some finals because yeah. guys from other clubs might have played some McGovern would have but all the homegrown Carlton talent they wouldn't have played any finals if yeah. you're performing like that so, when you're just trying to get into the eight like what, how, yeah. how are they going to perform when they get into the eight and they're they've got to actually perform finals performance but. yeah everything's there for them they've got all the pieces that they need you know they could add a couple guys here and there and we've spoken just like in personal times about in personal good, good good teams uh, and there's you know the bottom four or five players in your best 22 and how that is sort of a difference maker in things maybe they can up you know improve that so instead of it being like a a Durden or something that's got the ball yeah. in that situation, it's someone else. Maybe they do need to add another experienced. They definitely sort of do. Player. I think they're going to be looking. I think they're going to be looking at the wing um, position for the most part. I think that's the the part of the ground they need to shore up. Probably a little bit more defensive depth if they can. But I think their midfield depth is good as long as they stay healthy. And I think the wings, you know, they've got their wingers at the moment were Nunes, who they've already delisted. And he was probably one of their main wingers. And then Lockie O'Brien, who Lockie O'Brien had a pretty good season, but he has moments where he's a little bit, yeah. I want to say soft, can be moved off the ball, you know, doesn't really, they, they you know, he's just, not a hard, They tough need a bit of, of leadership, I feel. Like, and it's not, I'm not saying that Cripps is not a good captain or anything like that. And I was a bit disappointed with um, Doherty in the last quarter because he's the one that I think out of him yeah. and Cripps, he's, he's the smart footy brain guy of the two. Not saying Cripps is not smart. Nah, Cripps does some stupid stuff. But Cripps, stupid Cripps stuff. to me, I felt like he made some mistakes in the last quarter because he was trying to shear Willett. And I mean, he was looking yeah, to get the ball and fend everyone he could get to. And he got done holding the ball a few times when he yeah. probably... All they needed to do was just move the ball forward 40 metres. He could have just got it and kicked it or handballed it or anything. Yeah. But he's try, he's trying to overdo it because he's trying to drag him across the line on your own, which is, you know, it's heroic and that's that's leadership in its own way. But you also got to recognise the difference. They needed someone that was going to understand... How to control the tempo thing? Like if they, if you threw even the Brisbane version of like Luke Hodge out there, they would have probably like, would have held on and won that game yeah. without a doubt. Like, and that's that's something, you know. And like Fremantle have it because they got the guys like Mundy and things that have been around. Even like a Walters, who's played some finals still and has that sort of experience. Fife as well, I suppose he's older and stuff, but he hasn't been a factor this year for the most part. But that's something I think they could look at. Maybe an older player that's sort of in a struggling club. I can't think of off the top of my head who would be a fit in that sort of situation, but someone, you could look at your teams like um, your West Coast, your North, whoever else down the bottom of the, the ladder, maybe even GWS, something they've played a fair few finals. Try and pick someone off from there that could slot in just to give you a bit of leadership. Even someone like Eddie Betts would have helped. <laughs> like if, if Eddie was still there and he was playing in this game particularly when you look at their small fort like Jesse Motlop was really good he was good yeah um, Durden was there 
and but so Eddie's is, played and in so a lot of big always. games. You know, he would have helped. Yeah, for sure. Like, and, and I think their their small forwards really struggled on on the weekend, apart from Jesse Motwell. Um, yeah, Durden and Owies were yeah. kind of not events, and they you know it's very hard. They're small forward, and they always say is one of the hardest positions yeah. to play and, and make an impact because you you've got to make the most out of very limited. This this is where timing can suck a little bit in footy because if if they had obviously it's the ages of players and development that have gotten them where they are now. But if you could have just shifted things back a little bit or time warped things that this year was Cade uh, uh, Simpson or Dale Thomas's <laughs> yeah. last year, yep. it would have been probably ideal just to have that one older, you know, experienced head that's played in some finals. <laughs> like I know Simpson probably didn't play a heap of finals, but he played a lot of big games still. Yeah, And obviously um, Thomas is a premiership player. Like those guys... Yeah, they need. I feel. I feel like they maybe need someone like that. They don't need a lot, but maybe that might be the last little thing. Because as I said, they do need to capitalize this next. Probably they've got a decent sized window ahead. I think they've got, you know, three years uh, minimum of being a genuine chance. They still have so many young players though. Like Weedering's, yeah, Weedering's twenty four. Um, you know, you've got uh, Kerno's twenty five. McKay Mackay's twenty four. Um, you know, there are a few players aging out. You know, like Cripps at twenty eight, like getting to that end. Yeah, Zach Williams but that's what I'm saying. They're, they're right in there. Right, they've in got. They've still got time. Jack Silvani is twenty four. Uh, Walsh is like twenty two, I think, still. Like, which is ludicrous. Um, yeah. So, and Chera is twenty two as well. Um, Who also was stolen. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> there's right. Chera wasn't that good this year, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, Chera, I think... He did was to be expected, I think, for the I most think part. He, he, was good. he was good on the weekend. He was good on yeah. um, against Collingwood. Uh, he was good at the start of the season, but then he got oh, injured. Um, what are you, Chera rating out of 10 now, too? <laughs> yeah. I reckon five. So, Meets expectations. Yeah. I think he's going to be good for them. He's the type of dude that pop up and kick some goals. Adam, Sard, Adam Sard's really good. Um, when he's running fast. When he starts to run, yeah. <laughs> starts to run, yeah. He's not so chucking a loop first. But he's 28 as well, so he's yeah. one of those players who... It's probably why. Maybe he just he just ticked over that old man sort of age right on that weekend and that's when he stopped running fast. The reason why it's the, the window they've got to capitalise now is like they're not going to be going heavy in the draft the next couple of years. They're going to be looking to bring in little pieces here and there. So yeah. you fast forward three years and all of a sudden, you know, four or five of your best guys are now 30 and over. Those 24-year-olds are now 26, 27. And then you haven't, you won't have brought in a great deal of talent underneath that. So then you get to the point where you're like, oh, okay. Yep. Need, so they need to get something out of these next few years, but they, they've still, they've got time. But also, the window doesn't look long enough when you look at like Carlton's issue at the moment is consistency. Like it's just if they're gonna, they're, the way that they're gonna become a genuine contender is by like capitalizing on that. What they because they have the ability to like run and gun and that really attractive brand of footy, yeah. But then also, as you said on the weekend, they have that ability to go the other way for like a like I think we said like a, a quarter and a half yeah. of effort, almost one in the game. Like you could easily see them making top four next year oh, if they yeah. get a good run with health and they sort out a few things, like no doubt. But then it's what happens when they get to the finals. Did you give them a score, Paul? No, I'm just gonna go six. Blue, yeah, good enough. Give them a score, then, them a score of blue. Yeah, a score of um, navy blue. So this is the team I think made Carlton look bad, not only on the weekend, <laughs> but I think the fact that you know you go, you know, when you talk about Carlton's expectations, and you go, oh, they had, you know, first year coach and everything, and then you go, well, Collingwood had a first year coach, and yeah. I was like, yeah, I think Collingwood's the exception to the rule in this particular instance that they were able to do what they did, um, you know, with a first year year coach in, in Craig McRae. Um, so. I think Collingwood definitely exceeded expectations and they're probably in that seven 
So eight. Collingwood range. finished 17th last year with six wins. Yeah. And this year they have finished fourth. So you could probably even argue... 16 wins. They've added 10 wins. They've reversed their ledger basically completely. Yeah, you could argue an eight to nine for them. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll go first to Collingwood. Right? I'll, and I would give them uh, a nine. But it is worth noting with them, and you can tell from their percentage, they did win a lot of close games. They won, they, they won a lot of losable games. <laughs> a lot of games that they probably should have won. They stole. And I think, like, I don't know what Craig McRae's, like, coaching philosophy is, but I'm sure his plan at the start of the season wasn't to be down every three-quarter time. No. And then <laughs> dig back and, and win in the last quarter. There's no way that was his plan. They obviously... It just worked for them. And we've seen this happen before with teams where they've they've been able to win a lot of close ones and finish probably a bit higher than they should have and then the following year maybe not followed it up or whatever. So Collingwood, as much as was, like I can see Carlton finishing top four next year, I could see Collingwood finishing in the bottom half of the eight maybe next year potentially because I think that everything's gone right for them this year. Like I don't know about the injury list you know, definitively, but I think they've had a pretty healthy run. They are interesting in terms of their list uh, profile because I think they've still got quite a few older guys hanging around from their last sort of grand final team, which is why they'll be an interesting team to watch in the finals because they actually do have a good amount of finals experience. But they've also got a lot of really good young guys and they've lucked out with the whole father-son thing because the two Dacosses who are both very good, the, the youngest one, I think he won the Rising Star yeah. mm-hmm. and he's elite already um, as a, you know, sort of first-year player. Pendlebury, they've sort of shifted his role. He played half-back a little bit and then he's kind of gone back towards the middle but he's had a good a good year, I think. Sidebottom's output, I think, has dropped down but he's still like a, a guy that um, is positive for you and I think in finals... Uh, good Darcy Ball had a very good year he's a very good player but they got a lot of young to be honest like what I would almost call like no name kind of guys you can watch and be like oh who's who's that guy they even had that fella um, Isaac Chug Johnson who <laughs> who I, I messaged uh, Croft the other the other week and said who is who this is guy this where did guy? where did yeah, this guy come, come from, from? they dug like, someone at he's was, like snapping was he a mid season was he a mid season yeah, draft thing yeah I think he was a and he's just like player. okay this guy can just play and it frustrated me as a Dockers fan that teams can just pluck forwards out of mid air to kick goals and we just struggle so hard yeah um but you know they do have a lot of older guys uh, you look at like uh, Jeremy Howe he's got to be old like he he's been he's around be. he must be thirty two yeah so he's not. Retiring, but he's a smart, but yeah, smart, like smart players who can read things. the play really well and you know. a really good. Like he's a really good one-on-one player. Yeah, well. he wins critical matchups at times as well. Um, but Played you know, Maynard's really good. Maynard's still young. young. He's really good, and I think he'll learn a lot from the, the time they made the grand final. He's pretty Jack Ginnivan, as much as I hate him, is a great, <laughs> great footballer when he's he actually plays football. He's very good. Um, but yes, they got some really good young players, but they do still have those older guys like your Pendlebury's, your side bottoms. Uh, your how as we spoke about but they're not really relying on those guys but no like the, the side, sort of the side bottoms it. and penalties yeah. are the, the ones that like I could imagine if Collingwood make the grand final side bottom would be that like that guy to like lead them to like when the, the kids are kind of just pressured to step up he'll be and, the yeah. co- he'll be like the Norma Smith guy yeah. to bring it all together when they need it he's one of those dudes that like you know Collingwood could have used 
uh, sorry, Carlton could have used last week someone like a sideburn who's like the smart, yeah. you know, who make the right decision at the right time or get in the right spot. Yeah, exactly. But so they do have, you know, Taylor Adams. I don't know how old Taylor Adams is. I think he might be getting a little bit older now, but they've got a good mix of players. I think Dugowie will probably be moved on at the end of the year. I think he's just had yeah, too much off field. I think he's a distraction for them, to be honest. Like Dugowie and Grundy, uh, apparently. Yeah. On the. On they the should probably table. trade Grundy. I think it'd be good for him and them to have a change because they've sort of gone past him this year a bit. Dugowie just, he's still got that sort of poor man Dustin Martin aura Oops. about him where people yeah. think because he's got tattoos and he's like explosive, all he's going to be Dustin All the controversy Martin. off field, none of the output. Yeah, like <laughs> Martin manages to, you know, probably, I'm sure he gets into some mischief, but I think he contains that to the off season and does it in other countries and not here. I mean, to go, he won't be in another yeah, country. But he's criminal I don't, think, I don't think Bali counts as another country for yeah. Australia. So. But even in America in the off season, he got the whole like sexual yeah, uh, indecent assault kind of thing. Yeah. So he's just not got the balance right of like paying attention to his footy, I think. He can be a very good player and I wouldn't be surprised if he goes somewhere else and is very good, but I don't know if he'll stay at Colin. I think they still want him, but yeah. Uh, so I've given them a nine and I think that's fair. You probably argue maybe an eight, but I, there's no way anyone expected this from them. I don't think there would have been very, very few people that even predicted them nah. to be a top eight team yeah, uh, based on their lists and, and you know where they are. So the fact that they've gone from the bottom to here, they've topped up. Obviously, again, the father-son selection helps them to get a really elite player. But, you know, they're good. We'll see what happens in the finals. Um, as I said, they do have some older guys that will drop off in the next couple of years, but I think they're not going to fall back down to where they were last year. I think we could, I could easily see them sort of dipping back to mid-pack, but what we have seen is they've got a lot of young guys that are going to have huge experience out of this year, yeah. and that's going to hold them in good stead to sort of build around those younger guys in the next bit. And they, and they could win this year. Yeah. Like they're on that sort of a roll like the Bulldogs were the, that few years back where you could see them just getting it done because they've beaten all the good teams. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I'm pretty much with you. Yeah, eight, nine, probably nine, um, just based on you know getting ten extra wins. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, you're right. Like they win a lot of their games based on system and not individual brilliance. Even though like you know they have the the likes of Nick Dacos who, um, you know, comes in first year and absolutely tears it apart. Um, and they've got you know a few really good players who, you know, like you know Taylor Adams and those you know kind of like hard workers who do the right thing and get it done properly, you know, side bottom that you can rely upon. Um, yeah, I, I kind of agree. It's it's all very system-based. And you can, like, just look at that last game last week against Carlton where Carlton was smashing them in clearance, like, in the middle. Like, the midfield was absolutely tearing them apart. Their contested possession count was, like, next level in, in Carlton's favour. But what Collingwood were able to do, were able to get that, you know, those turnovers in the defensive... They've got a good back. back yeah, in the, in the defensive half the and then rebound the ball really well. Um, now, I mean, Carlton were notorious, notorious, were notorious last year for not being a very good transition defense team and I think there's still elements of that that uh, Collingwood are able to take advantage of, but I think they, they're they a very good team at moving the ball. Um, you know, they it really seems like they really push up on you when you've got it in your forward half. And then they're really good at like releasing and getting it over the back. And then they've got runners like, you know, your Ginnivans and, um, you know, your Elliots and that that can run onto the ball. And that was basically what won the game last, last week. So, 
Um, yeah, they're, they're really good at really good at that. And I think they've got a really good system and coaching staff that can develop more young players to come up through and, and kind of sustain them in that top eight, top four. What do you think about the black and white team, Paul? I just think when you <laughs> mentioned about the, them winning close games and how they've been down at three-quarter time quite often, it's just it kind of reminds me of the times where I, as a Hawthorne supporter, I used to always want Hawthorne to be losing because it like, if they lose, if they're losing at a certain point, it's almost like guaranteed that they have that running gun ability to like get up and win. Um, so kind of them losing, them winning all these games that are close, like it doesn't, it's good for their like ability to handle pressure. I reckon even for the young kids that don't have that kind of exposure to the pressure situations, like it obviously showed on the weekend just gone that that's obviously it needed Carlton to do a lot of bad things in the process of them doing some good things. But like I like I I have very for some reason I've just always expected Collingwood to not do as good as they are supposed to every year it seems like a common trend especially like with Nathan Buckley around but since they've changed that around um yeah I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna go as I'm gonna go as bold I'm gonna go as bold as to say I've got a nine and a half because like my expectation of Collingwood at the start of the year was pretty low so yeah. like just based on that alone, I like they perform pretty the well. Versus reality scale, and their and their performance, like you said, they've they've got a you know reasonable percentage because they've won a lot of close games. But winning is winning, really. It's like yeah, yeah they performed pretty well. Um, yeah, the record shows for it. Oh, I just closed. Oh. I just closed. Oh. Reopen. I, I, I can't. I can't believe Taylor Adams is only twenty eight. He just seems like he's been there forever. Thirty. Yeah. Jamie yeah. Elliott is thirty. Jamie Elliott looks think, like um, a twelve year old boy and he's thirty. Um, weird. Collingwood. <laughs> The last thing we'll probably have to start speeding up our yeah 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 we're, we're going we're to take a lot of time yeah um we obviously we've done Carlton already which is always going to be longer Freo is probably a bit longer and Hawthorne oh, we just go like Essendon yeah. shit yeah yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. so we um, really got to dissect North last Melbourne. thing on Collingwood I think when you start winning a lot of close games and stuff not only do you start having the belief that you can do it and the confidence goes up and the guys that are willing to but the other team also knows as well and they're like oh these guys you know they they pulled this up before so when you start kicking a couple of goals and momentum comes. It puts that pressure and they start making mistakes that you wouldn't normally make as well. Mm. It's like a real two. It'd be inter- I'm really keen to see them in the finals and to see if they're able to bring that sort of game as well. If you but, become if you become known for a thing, it almost instills that fear into the opponent, like oh, yeah. Collingwood are just the doing Collingwood, there, yeah. like, and you're never you're never comfortable. So Geelong and them next week will be oh, very very interesting. But just, we'll move on. Actually, just quickly with on Buckley because you mentioned Buckley. How much credit do you think he gets? Zero. You reckon he gets zero credit? Yeah. You reckon you don't reckon he put anything in place last year no. that helped them improve this no. year? You yeah. reckon? I think you give him maybe some credit for players that were brought in during his time there, and like I don't think Buckley was a bad coach or anything. Um, you know, they made a grand final with with him as a coach. I just find um, I, so. I find it hard to believe that McRae comes in and like goes, okay, everything that you learned last year, let's get rid of it. We're doing something completely new. Yeah, and I think he would have had his own. Like I think all AFL game, like the we talked about this earlier about with like basketball, um, you know, and how things go in waves and kind of cycles. I think all teams' game plans would have like a core elements that are very similar of things you want to do. Like you want to force turnovers in your front half. You want to defend well. You want to kick the ball to positions where if it's a turnover, you're not too exposed. Like, there's going to be a lot of things that are similar. So I think there's certainly would be things they're doing this year that were the same things that Bucks wanted. But I don't think they'd be drastically different to things other coaches would have wanted either. I think 
Yeah, you couldn't really get zero is probably too low of credit, but I'd so you give, you, basically you give him you give him enough minimal. you give him credit for the fundamentals, but you don't offer some fundamentals. It, it kind of comes down to the yeah. conversation of like how much do you value a coach? Like in the like say probably a discussion to be had around like Clarkson and North yeah. Melbourne. When like, we get to North, probably, yeah. yeah, talk about that sort of thing because that's. Yeah, valid point. Yeah. Uh, right, we'll maybe just do a score first. I know that we, we were going to talk about them maybe later on as a talking uh, points thing. So Red and black, you mean? Yeah, in terms the of red their, and black team. In terms of their season, I'll tell you what they did last year. Last year, they finished eighth, remarkably. I'm uh, thinking three. And they had 11 wins. So where were they this? Can you bring up the... Jeez, 15th. 15th. 15th on the ladder. I'm thinking How many wins three, they boys. They had, so, yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty, it's crazy to think that this year, you know, 12 wins Carlton had and they didn't make the finals. And last year, Essendon made the finals with 11. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Essendon. I'm, I'm going to give them a three. Yeah. Because they, you would have thought they'd be top eight or knocking on the door of it. And yeah. They weren't even. I give them a three. Them. I'm tempted to go two, but I mean they've yeah, had, no, they I'm, did win seven games, so they they won a few. This comes down to personal expectations at the start of the year, and at the start of the year, I was all aboard the Essendon hype train, and I'm giving yeah. them a two. They yeah, and they've lost their you know lost lost their coach. You know, yeah, yeah. I think a, uh, you know it seems like the actual just the football department's a bit of a rabble a rabble yeah rabble. rabble. Just um, if just if Robbo's listening too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they were bad. Yeah, I think yeah. I think they've got a lot of really good young talent. Like we're going to touch on this. Yeah. We won't. We won't go. We won't spend too much. Yeah. We'll uh, talk about time. it later. We'll talk about the coaching stuff. Um, but yeah, coaching merry go round. Yeah, they've got a lot. So let's uh, let's move on from for a mantle. Center. We'll go free mantle. Oh, quick one, guys. This is scores. <laughs> we're not going to talk about this one. <laughs> Do you want me to go first? I'll probably talk the longest. Um, maybe you go last, and you get you can yeah, just end I'll it go, on your spiel. I think Freo. You know, uh, Freo had a great season. Hang um, on. Last year they were eleventh. Eleventh with. Ten wins. Yeah, so they finished fifth. They were in the top four mix, like pretty much the whole season 15 through. Wins. Fifteen wins, um, five five extra wins. Yeah, so I mean, I'd give them a seven. I think. I think they've. I think uh, they have had a few stumbling blocks, particularly in the back end of the season, that they probably would have preferred to avoid. Um, but overall, yeah, it's definitely a pass mark. It's definitely a seven. Um, you know, the, I I don't I don't see them in that top four mix. I don't see them as a premiership contender yet. Um, I think they'll be looking at that maybe next year. Well, it's a good thing they're not in the top four mix, so yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, well. yeah, but like those, <laughs> you know, because so you can finish outside the top four but still be a better yeah. team. You know, things go certain ways, but um, they have some really good young talent, um, and they obviously Brayshaw's a superstar. You know, could be a Brownlow medalist this year. Um, you know, Caleb Sarong, I really like. Um, I like those kind of little kind of undersized players like Caleb mm-hmm. Sarong who are just really good at playing football. Yeah. Um, he wasn't drafted for athleticism. He's drafted for he's a footballer. Yeah, exactly, because he's a footballer. You know, like kind of like a Sam Mitchell type or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they have a lot of really good young players. Like, you know, I like the likes of um, Henry and Frederick who give them like a lot of real run. Yeah. Um, and like Fred, when you, Frederick when is get, just great to great to watch. As like he he's everywhere. Like some games you watch, and I'm just like this this guy is trying. So he's so one like, of those guys where you know sometimes there's some players where you look at their stats and you're like, oh wow, they had 30 possessions. I didn't notice that. Yeah. He's the opposite where you see him heaps, and at the end of the game everywhere. you look and he's had six possessions, he's but he's like, just involved. He's just a pressure just pressure player. He's just yeah. running around causing 
just doing the like the one percenters, I suppose. But yeah, he's he's a fun guy to watch. But yeah, like I like Michael Walters had a bit of a renaissance this season, um, which was fun to watch. Nathan O'Driscoll, I think, is going to be a superstar. I was yeah. like, I was um, like saying O'Driscoll. It just reminds yeah. me of Red Dead Redemption. He's got he's like this big lanky. <laughs> he's like this big lanky dude who doesn't look like anything, but he looks mercurial. I think yeah, is that great classic football. Yeah. Kind of like he can kick an absolute blinder from the boundary line, yeah. and he like he doesn't look the type. He does that at an unusually high clip. The goal from the boundary thing. I don't think I've yeah. seen anyone in their like this is in his first year on the list, but his first year getting games <clears throat> in their first like handful of games kick that many goals like on the run from the boundary. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, that's me quickly. Um, I think uh, I'm going to name a couple of problems. I think their forward line is questionable. Just with the consistency of it, I think they have players who can play well forward, but I don't think they consistently do it or are consistently healthy enough. Um, and obviously, how do you fit Fife into the team with all the kind of inconsistency that he's had being healthy and, and fitting into this side as it's been successful without him, I suppose. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, I'm seven. I'm going to go for a seven and a half purely because, like, they've, yeah, met expect, uh, they've kind of exceeded expectations at the same time has performed a lot better uh, pretty well um, compared to what I thought they were going to the the names of some of these players are great like a miss meek just <laughs> as a dad the pun opportunities are, are endless that's what you want um, so <laughs> one I, nice piece of a <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just like even Mundy like Mundy's just 300 300 I can't believe he's not getting to 400 did you see Monday. Michael Walters hashtags no he had his 200th game on the weekend they had sunny to honey <laughs> and also sun sun tun tun <laughs> just I can't believe Monday's not getting to Monday 400 I'm know, a little bit devastated by that but like just the just the sheer comedy value of the names of some of these guys that's why they get the point five for me fair but enough yeah I'll let, I'll let you have at it Adam yes yeah, so I would go I'll probably go 7.5 as well. I was torn between a 7 and an 8. Obviously, my purple heart wants to go with a higher uh, rating. But the fact that they did just miss the top four, you probably can't go for the 8. Because I think as much as they did have a very good year and they improved a lot on last year, the expectation for them this year was, along with Carlton, it it was higher. I think a lot of people expected them to be vying for a top 8 spot Last year, they were close to it. Um, you know, I think they they obviously made the top eight. They were in contention for top four. They've, they've just missed it on uh, percentage, I think, in the end. But yeah, there's a lot to like about the season. You touched on Brayshaw. He won the uh, players MVP. They had four players in the 22 under 22 team. Brayshaw was named captain and they had uh, Sarong, Clark and Hayden Young, who I think is a star as well. Yep. Jordan Clark, I've been super impressed with. Um, I know on the on the Frio, uh, the big footy sort of forums in the off season when there's not much going on, I get stuck looking on there, seeing if there's any rumors and if anyone knows any intel on who we're getting. And most of the time, it's all crap, and people's uh, intel on there is not really accurate. It's just re-reporting stuff that's been put on AFL.com. Uh, or Twitter, but when Clark was being floated, there was a lot of, oh, why are we getting another guy that can't get in the game in another team? Another middle-of-the-pack bloke. This is going to be another Brady Gray. All this kind of stuff. People, they weren't that interested in him, and they were really, really uh, reluctant to see the Dockers give up any sort of pick of value for him. I think in the end, we gave pick 22 and maybe some later swaps or something. He's been well worth it. There's no way we would have drafted someone with that pick that would be having this sort of impact. He has been 
Really outstanding. A lot of games this season. Oh, I was so surprised because I didn't really see much of him at Geelong. And I knew, like, yeah, he's, he's fast. He can kick the ball a long way. Um, but I thought that, you know, they were getting him because they needed a wingman, but they're playing him as halfback, which is his natural position, I think. And he's just been elite at it. Like, I think he defends really well. He's had some really ripping spoils in key moments. And he also just, he's damaging. He take, when he takes the game on, which is a pretty cliche, but when he does do that, he really can break it open with his running kick. And there was one on the, I think it was this game just gone, where he actually missed a kick. It was a short kick. He was in the center of the ground. He went for like a 20-meter pass forward. He dropped it short, but because they had to play quick all of a sudden, it worked out where he's able to run on. There's a chain of handballs. He got to the end of it, kicked a goal from outside 50. That sort of run and dash uh, is much needed with Freo because I think they're... The game style under Longmuir is a little bit, maybe sort of lands on too defensive sometimes where they're a little bit too cautious with the ball and they play a little bit too slow and it makes it hard for them. Um, so yeah, I think they exceeded expectations a little bit this year. Uh, it could have been even better. They were a little bit inconsistent though. They had a bit of a dry spell in some middle part of the year or that second, third uh, of the year after the bye basically. They've got things back together a little bit later on in the season, but yeah, I think um, it was a, it was a good year in terms of their chances in the finals this year. I agree with what Croft said. I think as I hate to say, I wouldn't be surprised if they win the first final and that like they're the type of team they can get. We saw again that that one quarter against Melbourne. I think it was the third quarter where they just like came back from behind and absolutely smashed Melbourne for a quarter. one of the best quarters of footy any team's played this year. They can do that sort of thing, but I do think that their forward line lacks teeth a little bit in the big man department. I think Tabernard has shown that he's a capable AFL key forward, but he can't stay in the park long enough to do it. Lobb's had a really, really strong year, but he's a bit banged up at the moment. I, I don't see him dominating a final now. And he wants out for some reason. Yeah, so <laughs> we're probably going to lose him in the offset. Logue's on a natural forward. I like him as a forward. He competes, brings the balls to ground, and when it's on the ground, he's really athletic and, and does some stuff, but he's not a goal kicker. And Fife has just had such an interrupted year. You can't expect... you can't Anything you get out of him is a bonus race. You're not expecting a huge um, output from him in the finals. Do you feel better about their finals chance, though, knowing that because they're, what, fifth this year, they're not going to get an extended break? Like, do you feel better knowing that they're potentially going to have to play week for week? Like you said, as, as they come out of the bye, they struggled. Was it yeah, because uh, yeah. of the break? Or was it just... No, I just, I just think... The draw got harder after the bye. They had a had a bit of a softer draw the first half of the season. They still beat most of the good teams they did play in that first half of the year. But I think the draw got harder. I think maybe they, they could have maybe got ahead of themselves a little bit. Um, and you know, a few other things could have come into play, guys being a bit sore. I think the bye finishing top four would have been beneficial because at least we would have guaranteed you have gotten two games. So at least you're looking at two finals you know, the experience for a lot of these young guys that haven't played finals. I've only got a few guys that have. You know, it's Monday's last hurrah. I hope they can win a couple finals. You know, you never know what can happen. You're in there, so they've got a chance. But yeah, I think that key forward line needs to be addressed going forward. They're all talk about Luke Jackson. He's not a key forward. He's not going to change that. They do have Jai uh, Amis, who looks to be a really good player, but he's quite thin, and I think he's going to need a couple of years before he's able to impact games. I'd love to see them try and bring someone in and capitalise on their window now um, because I think they've got two sort of windows and they've got the real short term the next two years of like while Fife 
and uh, to a lesser extent, Walters are productive. And then they've got sort of an extended window, which is like the Brayshaw, Sarong, Hayden Young sort of window. But I'd like to see them, you know, guys that have been mentioned of possible getting moved on is like Taylor Walker, Buddy Franklin. I even heard uh, Jack Gunston mentioned. Any of those three, I'd love to see. Could be checking in. It'd be an interesting move to bring in an older player like that, but they just need a goal kicker, a spearhead to go up the front mm. there in the mix they've got. You know, Tabanar is good, but you can't rely on him to be out there all the time. And even so, he's not in the top, you know, probably five or six key forwards in, in the comp. Fife, I think he'll go back to more midfield next year because Monday will be retired. Tabanar's more of the hero you need right now rather than yeah. one you guys Yeah, I think deserve. the back six we've got is really strong. We've got good depth there. The ages are good. The midfield's great. Everything's good. Just the four. I think the small forwards are pretty decent. You know, we spoke about you spoke about Frederick and his pressure and that kind of stuff. So and Walters is hitting form right at the good time. Yeah, so. Walters. I think he's been underrated all year because he's he's doing uh, you know pressure acts and he's I think he's playing a leadership and how, role. How old is he now? Thirty-two. Uh, Thirty-two. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. Yeah. Thirty-one. So he's still got probably a year or two. He'll be a year-to-year proposition. But he's playing. Now, he's playing more small forward. I think you probably saw him. Yeah. in the midfield a lot more and now like he was kind of a small forward yeah. transition into a midfielder back 2019 a he was again, all no. Australian he, he played midfield yeah. most that year so he's changed his role and he's you know he's never going to get the same amount of possessions and that sort of stuff but he's been good and he's been getting the results last few weeks he's been getting more goals but I think he's actually been playing well the whole year uh, but yeah I, I give him a seven and a half and it could have been an eight but alright yeah. seven seven and a half and seven and a half so yes yeah, that's a lot of about. a lot of good young players there. It'd be exciting. It is overall. Aston Tuban. It is fun watching. Aston Tuban. The cats. The cats. Um, oh, well, zero. They were, they were good zero, last year. Zero point five. Zero. So they finished third last year. Long. They had sixteen wins last year. They just don't go away. How yeah. many wins did you say? Sixteen wins last year. And third. third. This year they had eighteen. 18. So two more wins and they finished on top. Minor premiers. I mean, it's hard to not give them a 10 just for being top of the ladder. Yeah. Um, I mean, it... They weren't, They weren't. you know, because it was still very much like the first half of the season. It was still very much, you know, who can beat Melbourne. Um, yeah. And Melbourne did seem as if they were a cut above and then they kind of fell off and Geelong kind of took their place as the team to beat. Um, but it seemed like they were not always the team to beat at the uh, start I think Geelong's of the year, learned so. from the last couple of years where they've been they've been dominant throughout the season and with having a lot of older players, they've run out of juice a bit towards the end and mm. fallen short. And I reckon this year they've tried to time their run. And they the first half of the year they kind of just like, you know, fiddled around with the lineup a little bit, didn't rush players back, the older guys and You've convinced me actually, I'm gonna give them a ten because yeah. I would have thought Melbourne would finish on top and be the dominant team, but I think They've been really, really well coached this year, Geelong, as they always are. But I think better than better than normal. I think I think this is the best we've seen the Jeremy Cameron Tom Hawkins tandem. Yeah. As well, like obviously they were both knocking on the door of. I think they're the team um, to beat. Part of me thinks that they're going Colin. to lose in the finals because they that last few years that's just happened to them. Even though they've looked really good a few times. But be, yeah, and be the, the, the Kenneth reverse curse. Like yeah, <laughs> dangers. You know he's come back now and he's healthy at the right time of year, as you said, Cameron and Hawkins. Australian captain for some reason, Tom Hawkins. Is, is, is Danger... I feel like Dangerfield, even healthy, is probably a little bit of bit off the pace. He's not, oh, he's, not he's not the same player he was like even two years ago, but he's still good enough to attract some attention 
uh, in a big final and to mm. you know have moments. He can still have moments in the game that turn that change momentum. I just think they're really solid moments, like pre- pretending to be injured and then coming back with well, a vengeance. It's got to be like, done, doesn't it? It's got to be very, dramatic. They're very um, old. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say they don't have a lot of young up and coming kind of no. players. The thing, is, the thing is, is that every year I think, oh, this is gonna, this I, is their last I have low chance. expectations for this year for Geelong because yeah. I thought this is their year that they're going to start downward sliding a little bit. Yeah. Like, and that's why like, I'm going to just lead into my rating of a 10 because I just like had no expectations for it at the start of the year. As, as you said, like, Melbourne was the team to beat. You, know, or just, you just have high hopes for these yeah. certain teams. There's no, and even like, though Geelong was good last year, but they kind of fizzled out in the finals. So I think... The, the thought was that they were every going to year, decline that. a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Every year you think this team's going to decline. And look, this is not biased because I think we're both sick. We're, we're all sick, sorry, of Geelong being yeah. Uh, relevant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think like not, not a hell of a lot of young talent. They've got Sam DeConi, who is really, really good this year. Um, but yeah, it's very much, uh, it seems like it's a it's a well-oiled machine, the Geelong football If, if anything, I, I have a distinct hatred for Geelong. So <laughs> well, as a, for yeah, me as to as give a them a 10 sport, hurts me a little definitely. bit. Like, this is, like, obviously, like I I sympathise with like, the likes of Tom Hawkins who always looks like he's got a sore back. Um, so, and then Joel <laughs> Selwood's... Like it's they got they got some star talent in there, but it's just like, when will they go away? They have to drop off at some point. Yeah. Like, Surely when, age, you, when you look... when. Hawkins, Dangerfield, Selwood, these guys drop out of the team. Like surely at that point, it, you know it's over. It ha- it'd have to be like because they just haven't <laughs> haven't brought in many draft picks the last few years. They just keep topping up with guys that are over thirty, and that you know that works for a while. But you, there's only so many of those guys you can bring in every year. Big Jonathan Segler played last week. And, uh, Peter Segs on toast. He's my favourite player. He actually didn't play too badly. He's actually <laughs> making a bit of a case for himself to play. But that finals. disappoints me actually, thinking that that one little Hawthorne fan of his favourite players, Jonathan Segler, he's know. probably jumped ship. Oh, and he's Hawks probably lost a fan. Maybe that's why yeah. they they're doing so well because of that one little seven year old kid that's going <laughs> oh, for Jonathan no, Segler. Oh, probably. I, uh, I, I would have to. I, I couldn't not mention the revelation that is Tyson Stengel. Um, <laughs> You know, he obviously had had his struggles and was out of the AFL and comes back in and is probably the best small forward in the in the competition at the moment. So and it's a funny name too, Stingle. And yeah, it's a little bit of a funny name, but um, yeah, I, I I have this feeling that if uh, Carlton had Eddie Betts on their uh, coaching staff, that they may have had mm. Tyson Stingle in their side. Eduardos. Uh, also, I, I have a feeling that Eddie Betts had a really like, had a really big impact on not only Tyson Stengel getting to Geelong, but also Tyson Stengel's just form and and. If, uh, if this impact. podcast gets enough views, I reckon I reckon we get Adam to film a little short video, a TikTok of his like rendition of the Kolodzhny in sign language. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a side fact here that talking about Eddie Betts and the trading thing, I saw a thing today saying that. Uh, Carlton are the new front runners to get land Blake Acres from the Dockers. I have seen, I have seen oh, that. Which in the I last think couple of weeks. my first thought was, how do they afford these things? Because <laughs> they just got Chera from us by paying him a lot of money. They're obviously paying Cripps a lot of money. I'm assuming they either have or are going to pay Walsh a lot of money. Wheatering must be getting paid a lot of money, and Kerno and Mackay just signed contracts. Uh, how are they salary so, cap tampering again? No, no, no. So. First of all, like we don't see player salaries, right? So th- this is where we're, we're, we're uh, 
we're neurodiver- neurodiverging here, but um, <laughs> we we um, we don't see or we're not savvy to like in the NBA. We know exactly yeah. how many how much a player is getting paid. Um, so like my what I've heard is that Kerno just signed this big, you know, like he signed on to a twenty twenty nine, but he's taking unders. So I think a lot of players, particularly like Crips and everything, they're trying, they, they want to win and they're taking unders. And and players can do that when their salaries are yeah, public. Was, they had to do that for to get Chera in there. But I don't understand how you... Now, in fairness, the article I'd said, I read, did say that the offer for Acres was like 350000 which is not massive. And it was saying, I think, Fremantle was offering three hundred. But yeah, or three twenty five. It wasn't like a massive amount more, but I think there was an extra year as well. Yeah, but the money, the money isn't. It's not like just flat. Oh, like you have to pay this person like this year that much money. Like yeah, yeah. you can, you know, scale you can back, it, yeah. you can scale it, you can backload it, you can front load it, you can do all that kind of stuff. So, um, and I know, like for example, I think Jack Martin was probably on a lot more than he probably is worth. Um, he played a really good game, uh, a really, well, a couple of really good games to end the season, actually. Um, but what's beeping? Oh, because somebody left the fridge open. Oh. Somebody <laughs> left the fridge, fridge open. <laughs> the fridge open. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, I think Jack Martin was on like a really big contract and it was probably worth more than he was and probably considered, you know, at the end of the day too much. But I think towards the end, I think it was very heavily front-loaded. So that's what kind of happens is like you go, you, you, you structure your contracts in a way that at least every year lets you or gives you the ability to sign. Basically, because, scumbags basically because the AFL don't give us actual details of salaries, they can just like come up with all sorts of swindling just talk. Frauds <laughs> everywhere. All right, who's next? Um, After the cats. Jeez, how long have we been? We've, this is a monster podcast, one hour, 47 minutes. Right. Oh, jeez. We'll edit it in post. We'll edit it in post. All right, we'll uh, just do the Gold Coast, the the, the Gold the Gold the Gold Coast Suns. Yeah, we'll go Jared Healy. We'll just do grades for the next few. Don't even bring up their list. Too We're not close. even bringing up their list. No, because I wanted to talk about Gold Coast because I thought oh. they had a really good year. Okay. Um, All right, well, I'll give them a grade of. Hang on. Let's have last a year. Last year they were sixteenth and they had seven wins. Seven wins. This so year they had ten wins and they finished. I was going to give them a grade of like six and a half, seven. Probably go to six and a half. Like they've done, they. They've done a little bit more than I thought that they would yeah, do. I'll give, they're, 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 I'll give them a five and a half. They basically six. won their home games. Considering yeah. how like cursed the whole Gold Coast thing is, like they've done pretty well. I think um, a six. They I think they've got. Stewie. I think they've got a lot of like really good young, exciting players. Another team. Another team that has uh, that that beat Carlton when they shouldn't have. Um, Levi Casbolt played really well as a, as their key for as one of their key forwards. No, might be a chole. No, he's not. Obviously. Um, Tuke Miller is an absolute star. Um, yeah, I just thought they played they played really good. Like, yeah, up there on the Gold Coast is becoming a bit of a fortress. So I think uh, you know they've um, got really good home As ground in a fortress advantage. That people up there don't want to have anything that, to do with nobody, AFL. That nobody wants to attend. <laughs> um, but yeah, they they I, I thought they played pretty good, exciting brand of football this year. You know, they weren't quite in the mix. But uh, I think next year, watch this space for oh, the Gold Coast. Sounded up pretty well. What did you give him? Six. Six. You gave him six and a half. I am five and a half. So average six. That's yeah. not too bad. That's not too bad. I'm not giving any halves. Fair enough. I'm not. I didn't agree to that at the start. GWS. So 
the GWS Giants, the orange team. Okay, last year, they did something. I'm going to summarize there. They uh, were seventh and they had uh, 11 <laughs> wins. I'm going to summarize it as saying, is, I hope the, G in, the W in GWS stands for where. Like, where the hell are they this year? Like, they just <laughs> dropped right off. Like, just for me, that's like, I'm going with a two. Like they've yeah. just they've been in, they've been talked about for so long of being in that area and then they just like go from being kind of in contention to being just nowhere. Did you say they won seven games? Uh, last year they finished seventh. Oh, they finished with seventh. eleven wins. We yeah. seventh seventh with eleven wins. Yeah, last year was a bit weird though. Like them and Essendon, no one really expected that. And then this year it was probably more what people expected last year. But based on last year, people were expecting more this year. If mm. that makes sense. Yeah. So I'd right, give so them a three. I've, yeah. al I've always been a big Orange Team fan, and just yeah, they got a good a good theme song. So that's worth at least half yeah. a point. Three. Yeah, they've got one of the best. Co-written by Kesha. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a three for me. Yeah, I think three is probably around the mark. Uh, um, uh, Steve Canilio, who had a bad year last year, yeah, he was had, in he some had trade rumors and stuff with the Dockers. He had a bounce back year. He was he was good this year, so that was good to see. I I, I think, thought yeah, that he would heard... come good. Once healthy, and a lot of people on the first fair forums again, they were like, "No, don't get connected." I was like, "No, nah, he'd be I'd all right." Him. Yeah, I'd pick. I him didn't up. think he'd fit our team because we have already a lot of midfielders that are young, and you know how would he fit in there? They've and he needs yeah. to play midfield. That was part of the problem there, as they were playing him as like a half forward and stuff. But they've still got. They've still got a lot of. Uh, he'll probably players. end up at Carlton. They've still got a lot of players in trade talks. They've got like you know Tim Taranto is apparently in trade talks. So. I'd, I'd be interested to see their scouting report on um, Stephen Caniglio though, because they're probably talking about his Caniglio arthritis. <laughs> yes, that's true. Debilitating. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. Um, so yeah, I mean they don't want to be losing players or like Ball's they, retiring they as well. Still don't want to be losing. Players. Toby Green's still an enigma. Like is he like he's good? Is he good? I don't is know. he suspended? Is he, he, suspended? Is, he is good. He's like, definitely he's really, good. He's really good. He but just it's like, gets suspended. Like not many players. He gets suspended for looking good. at people. Not many players who are good can be can have have their talent level detracted by how available they are, and he is one of them. Mm. Like he's one of them that I think is has is, because he has such an impact on the game of football that him not being there is significant yeah. in, 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 in appraising him as a player. A lot of their guys that were like being spoken of very, very highly when, when they were a team that was like in grand final contention have drastically diminished in their output. Like Lockie Whitfield, Lockie Whitfield is a big was one. like, mm. oh my God, Lockie Whitfield's so good. And he's been like, he hasn't been, he's not a bad player. But he hasn't reached the heights that you know you expect. He was, he was very young when he was getting his high praise. He hasn't really gone anywhere with it. Even a um, Josh Kelly, I think he had a good year this year. But he was, oh, this guy's you know he's going to be a Brownlow medalist for sure. He's going to be in the. You know, I think the, he's the top five. I think he's still probably their best player. Yeah, he, he was. He's like going to be top. He hasn't. He hasn't. Gorns the next level, partly partly because the team's probably struggling. But Jacob Hopper's another one. He's like aroundabouts, yeah. but he's not. They, it's, I guess they're not one taking things, that next step to be. You have so many good. high picks in one clump yeah. that they're obviously not all going to evolve, and it's hard for any of them to really evolve and grow. And they're all sort of fighting Tom for Green. the same spots. Tom Green's good. Yeah, that they've got talent there, but that, they've Reese always just had has a hard on there. for all the greens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a green guy. Green guy. Well, I think Toby Green's there. Where's the player. green team? There's no green yeah, team. I know. Maybe you should make So, what's got to be given? Three, two, and three? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Next team. Uh, the Hawkers. The Hawkers. Last year, they played football and they finished <laughs> yeah, 14th did. with seven wins. 
The yellow and brown, the peas and poos. So they were 14th, but they could have been 16th if not for percentage. They have the same amount of wins as Adelaide and Gold Coast last year. And they were year. 13th this year on eight wins. So they have so. won one more game. Good on you, Sammy Mitchell. I, I think a five. I think they were just bang on, maybe a four. Yeah. Like bang on what I kind of expected them to be. Um, you know, Jay, you know, obviously um, Sam Mitchell did not, he didn't, do it wasn't anything. a silver bullet. Yeah, yeah, he didn't do the old the Craig McRae and didn't like catapult them up the, well, he's, the ladder. You know, he's replacing Clarkson. So, and the thing is, Hawthorne's uh, position last year and their wins was a little bit inflated, probably from when Clarko was on the out. They started winning a lot, like when they knew Clarko was done. It was like a spiteful. A spiteful yeah, yeah, winning yeah. into the season, so they probably <laughs> actually should have finished lower than they did. So they probably have improved. I, I haven't really watched much Hawthorne, so I can't say if their like game play has improved drastically from last year. But I think they got a lot of young players. They still have a few hangers on from their um, their dominant sort of era. You know, your Bruce and your Gunston types. Yeah. Bruce is just there long enough for you to have a bet somewhere so he can just run yeah. really I think slow. the Shields yeah. still... Yeah, Shields. Yeah, Shields. I think still, he's like... Yeah. I think he's kind of like probably going to take up that captaincy after Big Boy... Big Boy gets out of that. Big Boy. Is, but um, even, even then, Big Big Boy McAvoy is Jeff like... is good. He's... Yeah, Jeff. Like, the Big Boy McAvoy has actually stepped up to the... He's, like, been really good uh, from what I've seen. Um, but, yeah, the... They're also young, but they're like the right kind of balance where they're all young, but they've got enough of those kind of hangers on, as you said, that yeah. they'll be able to, if they do get to a finals position, you kind of like, you know, don't mind that chance. Like they'll learn a lot. They probably won't have great success, but being optimistic about, it, I'm going to give them a four anyway. Yeah, I just, I, I thought, was... I thought they achieved, they did all right, but still considering the start of the year, like it's just the classic young yeah. team. They kind of just dropped off towards the end. I give them a five. I reckon they showed some improvement. They do. It's, they do have some interesting players on there, like uh, Chad Wingard and Jaeger Omira, who tried to do the what was the classic, like almost NBA move of like jumping across to Hawthorne to try and win a championship mm. or win a premiership. But they got there. If too Kevin late. Durant was in the <laughs> AFL, he'd they, be there. They got there too late, and now they're stuck <laughs> on a team that's not very good yeah. until they claim um, homesickness and bail. What happened to Warple? Wasn't he like the next big thing? Did he not? He have was. A good year he, this year? He's, he's still like. Around that kind of fifteen to twenty disposal mark, like, but he's, so he's just, not taking the next step yet. Yeah, he's. he's he, no war I think when Mitchell was out for extended period of time, that just like gave him the time, his his time to shine, basically. But Mitchell he just good. he just pretty much fit a role. And then as soon as I think a lot of the, um, I think it's Daniel Howes doing being really well. The Jai 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 Newcomb Jai Newcomb. Yeah, he the newcomer. He just reminds me of like a, a like a semi. Youngish, yeah, Hodge he's just yeah, he's good as well. Just knows, like I think he's, they're playing him down back predominantly, but yeah, he's like he's just fun to watch as well. Just one of those like he kind of looks like he comes from Warrnambool. I don't know where he's from, <laughs> but I reckon he probably is from Warrnambool. All right, I think so I think five, five, yeah, four? I think I might go the five. I think the five is probably fair considering how they started the year. But yeah, um, yeah what I want to what I want to say injuries. I didn't. Mitch yeah, Lewis got injured. Mitch for Lewis got injured at the like, end of the season. I think a little bit. Yeah, look, I'm biased, but I'm like biased in the wrong way. I'm yeah. like, no, I expect better expect, of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. I think yeah, I think Jia's really good. I think he's going to be a great player. He's going to be like the key to 
their offense, like they're them generating their drive. It's, it's good to see them just taking the, the plunge and just saying, "Look, we're going with the kids. We're not doing the athlete thing." Where we're just like, I think what they they're gonna need to do is they're gonna need to filter filter in and out a few young kids. So like they're gonna have to give them some game time and go, you know, these guys are working, these guys aren't. Ship them out, get some new ones in, and keep kind of doing that kind of process until they get what they like. Mm. Um, you just hope that like some of these players don't age out. Um, you know, like Tom Mitchell and. And, but yeah, uh, even Tom Mitchell's like, not know. getting the ball as much. Like he used to be a staple of every Final Fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy team. <laughs> fantasy <laughs> team. Been playing too much. Um, but yeah, like he, he used to be a staple of everyone's teams, like always getting over 100. But now I think he's like averaging 20, 25 disposals. Yeah, he's not the, uh, he's the not 40 the, threat. Not the standout. Yeah, was. not the like dropping 50 every other week kind of yeah. thing. Like, But yeah, like I think Jaeger Amir is very, he's kind of getting a bit more consistent too. Um, but yeah, it's just. Positive things, just not right now. Yep. yep. Next team. Next team is the Melbourne Demons. Ah, well, they finished yeah. on top last year and they yeah. had 17 wins. So this year, what they have? I mean, they finished second on 16. So they won one less game. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, look, I think you could give them a eight. Yep, eight's fair. Yep, I'll go with an eight. Yeah. They started the year like dominant and it was like, oh gosh, who's going to beat this team? It and then even... along came the Dockers. You want to know what though? <laughs> like, do you want to know what? I don't think they didn't start the year dominant, but it's they started the year in a way where they were winning. Arrogant. All, they were winning all the games, but they were just doing enough. Yeah. Like they were just like playing with their food for a yeah, little bit and then yeah. they go, okay, it's time to win the game. So yeah. they kind of kick away. That was that classic <laughs> yeah. like premiership championship And then team iron- that just, ironically enough, um, Free, the purple team, Frio rock up like Zazu teaching them. Didn't your mother ever teach you not to play with your food? They took care exactly. of them. Yeah. Exactly. We, we're dads here. Well, I'm not, but they, they beat are. him so badly <laughs> that some we of their Lion King supporters had to block me. On we're playing all the we're playing all the target audiences, <laughs> kids. And we can't swear. So play I'm the not. kids. <laughs> yeah, no, but they look. They've had a good year. They they did have that middle of the year run where they lost a few games in a row, and then they were kind of. Up and down, but I think they've got their group together now. I think they're mostly healthy. Yeah, Ben Brown I know, has played a little bit more towards the back end of the year. Um, as long as Ed Langdon doesn't make any comments about any teams during the week during finals, <laughs> they should be. They fine. should be. Did fine. any of you guys see the um, All Star, uh, All Star, or All Australian pitcher? With Clayton Oliver down the front row, he looked like he'd just been on absolute bender. <laughs> His hair was absolutely dishevelled, and you just His got Petraka, Petraka that was like two or three people down. He just looked like the nicest bloke, like just. Just so like it just looked like he'd be your best friend, and then you got Clayton, uh, Clayton, <laughs> Clayton Oliver Clayton just Oliver. sitting there, basically just <laughs> like I thought for a second Clayton Oliver sounded yeah. like a jockey for some reason. Clayton, yeah, you think Oliver? Absolutely disheveled. The, the yeah, jockey? yeah, mm. yeah. I was just like, yeah. There's not really that much to say about them. No, there, there is. I mean, there is a little bit. Like, I think they're, they're. I mean, the thing to say is that they are vulnerable. Obviously, very obviously if vulnerable. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, and they're probably going to lose Luke Jackson if you listen. If you, the media is correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it seems seemed, like he's gone. It's a fall, I mean, which, they, yeah, they think it's pretty much it done. It will be interesting well, to see how that affects deal, them. But it's done that he's leaving. Yeah. Maxi gone. I think missed a few games this year, and it was interesting. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just. A, so um, you know, if they lose Australian photo, Clayton. if they lose Jackson and you know Maxi Gorn's getting older, I think if he misses more games next year, you know how that affect them because obviously the ruck duo was a big part of what they did like last year in the finals. Yeah. Max Gorn was enormous for them, but you know part of what he was able to do was because he had Jackson there as a number two option, it allowed Max to go forward and things like that. So you know things could change for them in the coming season, but I think. 
they're still strong and, and their list is still quite young and uh, they're going to be good. You know, Jake Leavers had a good year. He was really good. Um, yeah, I mean, their back line, you know, Stephen May and, and Jake Lever. Yeah. And, uh, I think Stephen May missed a bit in that in that part of the year when they were struggling. Yes. And that was, I think he missed, the Dockers game was the first one he missed, I think. And that was like, there's no doubt that played a part in, in that game, but also the the part of the season where they struggled. He's, he's pivotal to yep. them. But, all right, really much yeah. to say about them. Um, yeah, so eight. Yeah, eight. I'd give them eight, yeah. yeah. I think they didn't blow us out of the water. They did what was expected, but obviously the expectation is high, so hence the eight. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, North Melbourne. Ooh. The other end of the scale. Marco's cluster. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Sorry for the language. Had to be said. Uh, all right. Lion King references and swearing. We're covering all ages. <laughs> yeah, all ages. Easy so they were bad. Um, yeah, not good. They, they were, were bad. They were very. The bad. expectation wasn't high, but it they were. And they won very two games. Bad. Yeah, sorry, I'll did tell you what they did last year. I think last year they were a little better. They won four games. Last yeah, I was going to say they won. Four they finished games, on the bottom last year, but they managed to finish on the bottom again and actually get worse. <laughs> so <laughs> that's impressive in yeah, its own yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give them. Two. I'm going to go two. <laughs> one I'm going to go every, two. One for every game. <laughs> two because the expectation was very low. So you weren't expecting much, but they were, you know, as bad as you expect them to be. So that's why they're getting... I don't, kind of the same uh, as the Melbourne thing of like, it's not quite the... Wor- like if they got... Yeah. They're, they're expected they're to be never, bad. They were bad. So you kind of rate them like five if you're going on their expectation. But like and, performance but you wise... Know yeah. They're just, getting a point because they won the Clarko race. Yeah. So that's probably, you know, and we're going to find out Which, about Clarko yeah, now. Jury's still out whether that race is one you wanted to win, but. Yeah. But yeah, he's going to, yeah, him, this is a, this is new ground for Clarko, I think. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, I'm going to go with it too as well. Yeah. Two, two. Two. I, think I mean, look, they're not going anywhere as long as Jed Anderson has that haircut. So, <laughs> oh, um, that, that, look, they, they've had it tough because obviously they bottomed out. Um, they had a successful name? era. Well, they didn't win any premierships from it, but they were around the same time that Hawthorne was good and and Fremantle was good. North Melbourne was in the mix there as well in the finals. They had a good run of paid finals every year when they had Brent Harvey and they had Jared Waite and he was really good and they still had Drew Petrie at the end of his career. And then they shipped out guys because they tried to avoid this, this real extreme bottoming out. They actually tried to avoid this by getting rid of guys early. Like they yeah. got rid of Petrie before yeah, well, they, he wanted yeah, to. Yeah, they got rid of Harvey before he wanted to, before they needed to, because they wanted to get picks in and try and regenerate the list and avoid bottoming all the way out. They tried to cheat the system in a way. And it, it hasn't worked massively. And they, had, they got these guys coming in that were like really hyped up, like LDU... Yeah, he's, you know, I mean, he, you know, LDU is probably one of my favorite players on that. He's, yeah. he's really good this year. In his draft year, really he was good. one that I was I was hoping Fremantle were going to take. I think that might have been the same yeah. one as Brayshaw and stuff. So I'm glad they did. He's, he's, they ta- well, he's taken a, a bit player. of he's taken a bit of time, but I've watched him play, and he, I reckon, he's the closest to Dustin Martin that we have in the competition right yeah? now. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like, I don't know if he'll ever get to that level, mm. but in the way that he plays the game and the way that. Um, and some it's of the pro- it's that probably also heavily based off what the team does if um, he's going to stay there. He has, yeah. His he, man here, been shocking. Jaden Stevenson. Stevenson yeah. It was really good for Collingwood his first couple of seasons. Had some issues. You know, Collingwood stuffed up their salary cap and had turf guys out. People were like, oh, this is a huge mistake. He's going to be so good. He's been 
very average at North, struggled. Yeah. Cunnington obviously missed the whole year. He made a, a heroic superstar, um, what a legend comeback, and he's a very very good player. Ben Cunnington, ben he's Cunnington. towards the end of his career anyway. Zebul, he just strikes me as like the angry guy now, who's like yeah, really annoyed yeah. that. He had they a put chance. Him forward and he kicked like five goals in like oh, half. He's a really good player, player, but he's just so angry all the he he yeah. probably gets in more like jumper punch stouches than anyone. He's probably a player you might want to ship off somewhere else. He like, just to me, he's like I feel like he's disgruntled that he feels like he's missed his chance to win anything. And I think he loves North Melbourne, but he yeah, he just scraps. Horn Francis was I criticized have, a lot during the I have the, nothing uh, but positive things to say about Jason Horn Francis because the media have absolutely piled on to that that kid, and you can um, relate because he just he just gets angry when he when things are you know. I mean, like yeah, but throws it, a tantrum. It's like it's it's he's passionate and yeah. like the 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 media like saw him having like a heated discussion with I think uh, Goldstein. Yeah, yeah, it was and, Goldstein. And yeah. they make a mountain out of a molehill and they go, "Oh, yeah. you shouldn't be talking. Like, you shouldn't be talking like this to like a veteran player." And yeah. I'm like, what? They're having a conversation. They're yeah. football players. They're having a conversation, whether it's heated or not. It, it also depends saw, on the media. Um, like you've got the go. likes of Kane Corns criticizing nah, the P, people. Yeah, like it's, we it's, could probably talk like yeah, we can lump the Clarko stuff yeah. in this. I, I saw Clarko on he was on the couch on Fox Footy last week or whenever he got signed, and uh, they asked him about Horn Francis, and he said, "You know, this is a kid who probably I think, I'm pretty sure Clarko was a um, this is a kid who has been the best player on his team. You know, all through juniors, all through like Colts age." Probably had a heap of success, always won, everything's gone his way. He's come to AFL and realizing like it's hard, and he's he get, he's obviously retention. gets frustrated because there's plenty of players that you get have you that get frustrated because all of a sudden it's like oh I can't just dominate you know yeah. you, you, and he's got to earn his stripes still and he's frustrated but I think the fact that he his has thrown stripes. some tanties and stuff is that he he certainly cares like he obviously is very competitive in that front. I think that's and, a good thing. Uh, I think he'll be a good player. Like uh, he was mentioned he on the Freer forums a lot because, not that we ever had a shot to get him because he was always going to be the number one pick. But I think Nat Fife's his favourite player or something like that. So people were saying, "Oh, could we do this and that and try and get him?" You know, he's, I, you know, everything I've seen and read about him was that he's got heaps of talent. He's going to be a good player, and I think yeah. that's the thing with North and with Clarko taking over. They've got a skeleton of a good list. They've been bad long enough, but they've got some picks in there now. Where yep. I think things could start to turn for them, but we will find out now how much difference a coach really makes and how much yes. Because Hawthorne were dominant and Clarko gets a huge amount of credit and respect for that, and you know rightfully so. But at the same time, when when you lost Franklin, and then you lost Hodge, and then you lost Mitchell, and then you lost Lewis, and then you lost Roughhead, and when all that core, the corner, the key pieces of that three-peat team were gone, they fell down the ladder just like everyone else, even I think, though they still had Clarko. And he got moved on just like everyone else. Yeah. So the question there is, you know, how much difference does he make? He comes in and look, this team, they couldn't have done any worse this year. So they're, they're probably going to do probably better next year. And he, so he's going to get at least one year's grace period because even if they win five games next year, I can already hear David Keane be like, Clarkson, he's really... He's really turned up around this year. He's got these guys. They, I know they haven't. I know they lost by two hundred on the weekend, but they lost with cohesion, it's and that's a, what they need. That's, that's not a bad Kingy, but it has a little bit of Jonathan Brown in it. <laughs> yeah, I've got it. Yeah, it's Kingy with a few concussions. Yeah, he's a, he's a husky man, well, Kingy. I, yeah, I think Clarko is like, as you said, it's like he—he's probably like in terms of um, Horn Francis, like 
he's passionate. He's kind of can be misconstrued as angry. The one coach that kind of gets misconstrued as angry, Clarko, yeah. punches shit. Um, <laughs> I think that's angry. Yeah, that's misconstrued. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't <laughs> think that's, that's, that's not passionate. But yeah, you know, he's like, yeah, he's he's an angry little guy. Got an angry little kid to teach. Like I think it might work well. And as you said, I don't think there's anywhere to go but up. Yeah. yeah. So if they trend positively for the if next they, few years, that'll just yeah. like everyone will be like, oh, Clarko, how good is Clarko? You know but it, regardless of like tactical X's and O's kind of stuff with Clarkson. Sort of like what I was saying with Collingwood, where when you get a bit of a reputation for something, it, people buy into it and it just belief builds. Him coming there and his reputation as being this great master coach, even if it turns out he's an idiot and he just fell ass backwards into these premierships, the belief that, boys, we we got Clarko, he's coaching us next year. Like They're going to buy in. The, the Collingwood guys are going to... The Kangaroos guys are going to buy in next year. They're going to come to pre-season prepared because they're expecting like this very proper stern coach is going to be there. I don't want to disappoint him. You know, I want to make a good impression. Yeah, the reputation. And I would, ex- I would actually expect, we're going to find out long-term if he can bring them to a premiership or whatever, but I think next year they'll have a, they'll have a big-ish upswing because I think all the players are going to buy in because the belief's going to be there and the supporters are going to come just because Clarkson's name and reputation is such that it's going to, it's going to bring about that. It's going, to be like, it's going to be like that scene out of Flashdance where where did that water come from? It's because it came from the belief that it was there. Exactly right. <laughs> belief exactly. that it was there. Right, next team. All righty. The next team are the Port Adelaide Football Club. If you could like swear in AFL Facebook articles, I think like or, or, or West Australian newspaper headlines, can you imagine it goes horribly wrong for North Melbourne next year and it's on the back page of the paper. Clarko's clusterfuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... I mean, it writes that, itself. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, news, right. the newspaper headline writers would be struggling. That's print this me- is going to be a good that, one. That's print media's next step, to be honest. Port Adelaide, profanity, yeah. they finished second last year on 17 wins. Did they finish second last year? Yeah, I know. It's been so long. I actually forgot they were really good last year, but they were really good last year. Jeez. And they were touch predicted... To be very good this year. What did they do this year, wins-wise? Uh, bad. They finished 11th. 11th on So they've won seven fewer games. I knew that their I knew that their uh, yeah, projection second, that or that good. that they that they weren't meeting expectations. Yeah, last year they were. Has, I didn't like, realize. Has that, has that not been a consistent thing with Port Adelaide uh, Dix, though? Dixon was horrible. One year on, what? one year off. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they like just seemed. To, they just seemed. To, they're like. They're like how you expect Geelong to be, but they never are. Port Adelaide are pretty much like the next year. They've after they've yeah. done well, they're like, oh, they're sliding already. Yeah, they got. A, I mean, they got a relatively like their, their list. I think is kind of getting to that aging out point, and they've got to got to top up from yeah. beneath. They've got some good young talent, but I think that young talent is touch and go. They kind of. I don't think had anyone a really expected good season. this. I'll give them um, a three, but yeah, I think it's a yeah. I want to say a four because they're yeah, still they're only two games out of the eight, so. Just on its own merits, the season wasn't like wasn't horrible. They were never in the mix for the eight though throughout the year. Really, no, no. They finished second they, last year. So they won they, seven less yeah. games, and there was no, there wasn't an expectation. Like five people didn't retire at the end of last year. People didn't expect they were going to. They had a like they had a horrible start to the season. Yeah, they did. So they were like, oh, well, they clawed oh, back a little oh, bit. Oh, five, oh, six, yeah. or something. And then they then they actually started finding some. They form. did the same as the Bulldogs, but the Bulldogs yeah. were able to get it together a little bit more. Yeah, but correct. Port it just. Yeah, little but like that was like, the thing. Like I think Charlie Dixon was injured. I think at the start of the year. Yeah. Uh, but when he came back, he was horrendous. I watched some Port yeah. Adelaide games, and I was like, he, like, 
I don't know, is it the del- it's hard to tell with a forward, like is it the delivery to him or is he really not making the effort to impact the contest? Yeah. I think there was one game where he was like really good. And then like after that, when they were trying to, I think probably fight for that eight, they he was nowhere near it. Like he was getting nowhere near it. So I gave him what, three. What did you give him? Four? four yeah, four. Three. Four, three, okay. Do you have anything to say about them, Paul? Not really, man. I'm sure if you deep, did a Sometimes deep dive, they... there's some reasoning behind why they've fallen so far and so hard, but really, like, they well, just underperform. Even injuries and stuff, you'd have to have a pretty substantial... We would have heard about it if it was... That it would have been in the new, you know, a big topic if they were nah, so injured. Yeah, I, I think why. it was mostly They just underperformed. They all, all I have to say is that sometimes they can be torn apart. There's always, there's always Ken Hinckley kind of... He's an interesting one, Ken, because he's had some good years and it's like, Ken Hinckley's the I think best coach. Good, I think he's a good coach. I think yeah. he's, uh, I like listening to his press conferences and he talk, he, when he talks about football, he's really good. But he's always kind of in and out of... You know, I think he's he going too to emotion fired? driven. Yeah. I think he played, he's a bit too... He's no Bevo. He's one of the... Yeah, well, Bevo is probably yeah the most on that front. But he, you know, they, they had some like inside access things we hear the like pregame talk and stuff. And he's a little bit too, you know, he's going for that pump up, pulling the heartstrings yeah. kind of thing. And I think over the course of time in sports, and even though everyone loves that sort of thing, like we love a, you know, like a, a great sports inspirational speech. And in the movies and stuff, it's great. But I think historically, it doesn't really count for much when it comes to getting out on the ground. And I think maybe he's a little bit too focused on emotion stuff than like actual tactical changes. It's the football uh, equivalent of like thinking of these speeches that you're going to get your ex-girlfriend back and then it never ends up panning out and they (laughs) still break up with you. He's like so focused on this speech, but it never works. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's uh, move on to the Richmond Football Club. Okay, Richmond were 12th last year, believe it or not. With Oh, oh can I go back to Port Adelaide? Nine I want a special mention for Sam Powell Pepper because I watched yes. him play and I actually, I think I think he's pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, oh, you like Powell Pepper. Yeah, 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 because he's had... He's, he's he was been, in some trade rumours last year and stuff. He's been up and down, he I has. think, in his form and like... Exploded onto the scene as a form I watched him this year and I think, oh, he, I think he disappointed me a little bit later in the season when they weren't doing so well. Uh, in their in their reaching of a top eight position, but I watched some kind of middle of the season games, and he was probably their best player in terms of the effort. Like he was everywhere. Like he's one of those players. Like again, how I mentioned, like Ben Keys, where you know he's running power, and he was you know running into the back half and helping clean up, and he was running into the forward half and kicking goals and things like that. So one of those players that you look at, and that's how I think you gauge a player's improvement is when they add the tank they add the tank and then they use it so they add the running power the ability to run but then they use it smartly and they you know they 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 help out defensively and they're not just a one-way runner so i saw a little bit of that he's not too spicy for them yeah i saw a little bit of that from him so hopefully he can uh carry that into next year anyway richmond football club so they were 12th last year nine wins and this year they have got back into the finals. Yeah, seventh, seventh, and they 13. had oh so pretty good turnaround for them. I would give Richmond. I think they had a poor start as well. So they I did. think they, uh, yeah, very poor. I'd give them. I'm torn between a six or a seven because I think, like their season is a six, but based on last year and expectation you know could it be but I'm going to say six because I think even though they had a bad year last year I think if you'd 
said to everyone at the start of the season, Richmond's going to finish seventh and they're going to have uh, 13 wins. Most like footy journos experts would have been like, okay, like, you could sort of see how they'd get that. Like they've yeah. still got Tom Lynch, um, you know, Jack. The, the guys are all still there from their dominant era now. Obviously, Martin missed big chunks of the season. Uh, Rewalt, I think, is coming towards the end of his career. And he can like, still be effective. He's still a, effective, yeah. Not, but, he's, but not as a he's, primary yeah, forward. He's definitely yeah. like diminishing in his ability, but he, he still does like the team things. He's almost like um, a key position version like Michael Walters, where I'm sure internally at Richmond they know he's doing a role that they understand he's achieving every week. But if you just... Leadership at, as well. If is, you look just at the stats, yeah. you're like, oh, gee, he's not playing well, but I'm sure he's doing it. But a, a lot of, they got a lot of, you know, they got Bolter who's coming on as like a kind of young guy. They, and they can Jaden move Shaw. They can move Bolter forward and back. And yeah. like he's a bit of a plug-in. Stanya, Cochin's still kind of plugging away. He's sort of slowing down a little bit, but he's still effective. Like, I think they've got enough there and they've got the experience that... Shea, he, like, Shea Bolton's going to be a good Yeah, he's player. becoming like, he's um, taking the step. I hate him. Yeah, you um, wouldn't want to be I playing still, them in finals because they're no. they're older. But those older teams, like in the finals, there's only a few games to play, you know. And you get this week off where they freshen up, and you know they've got the experience. They're not gonna they're not gonna make any silly mistakes. They're not gonna do the sort of things that like Carlton did last week, for example. Yeah, that's not. They're not gonna beat themselves. You're gonna have to beat them. Yeah. So and yeah. also if they do get to the finals, like Marlon Pickett will just rock up from nowhere that's and true. just like and Martin could slot in now and just you know he's won like I know Fife in his comeback games and stuff he hasn't been particularly dominant he's taken a few weeks he's starting to get a little bit better and then he got yeah. hurt again whereas Martin's he's had a few like he's been out for long periods and have been able to come in and have a good game uh, straight away so if he they throw him in you never know even if he has an average game he'll still probably win the Norma Smith on the day so true that, they, yeah. I, they, there's no way they can get like to win the premiership but I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Brisbane this week yeah yeah, yeah, no, I wouldn't be either. So, uh, yeah, so I give it six. Uh, yeah, six. It's more. It's more than a pass mark, but it's not like outrageously good. Yeah, they they haven't really done much different to last year. I think they're yeah. around the same mark. So six. Yeah, yeah six for me too. All right, uh, Saint Kilda. <sighs> they're marching in. All right, they finished tenth last year with ten wins. What did they do this year? Tenth with eleven wins. They won, so they won one more extra game, game but then, then same finished the same spot. So. I'm going to give I, it a four. I'm I just, think a four, I yeah. I think everyone yeah. after last year expected them to be uh, they contending were, for I, the eight yeah. a little bit more than they were. I think Saints fans would be very disappointed. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say a three is just because, yeah, I think the expectation was high, especially given their start of the year was and they were one of the heaps. contenders at the start. They they, they've done that Hawthorne in their prime thing where they've tried to pluck out guys. Like they got they added Brad Hill. That, do they still have Carlisle? Is he still Stole in the NFL? Nah, I don't think. I think he's probably still on their list, but I don't think he's... Oh, maybe did he retire? Was he? I think he wore number two for them. He would be at the top of this thing. Oh, he must have retired. I think he retired. Well, anyway, he's someone they added in. They added a lot of these like experienced guys or guys in their prime thinking like Bill we're right Howard. there. Um, Jones. Ron Marshall, Paddy Riders, retired. Butler from Richmond. Like they've got all these pieces, uh, but they just haven't taken the leap. Like they just, they haven't gotten better year on year. Yeah. They've kind of, they had one outlier season where they, they were up there and then, yeah, they just, Underperformed and this year, just wildly inconsistent. Like even on the weekend, you know they were competitive against Sydney, but it's like, well, where has this been? In they, yeah. they're one of those teams that they don't win. You can't bank on them to win the games that they should win. And that was like a difference this year with like a Freeman or something where they've they won the games that they should win. They're expected to win for the most part. They obviously lost against the Gold Coast and stuff, but for the most part, they won when they should win. 
even if they didn't play that well. Whereas St Kilda, you just don't know what you're going to get each week. And you I know think what, you know what I think there are. Jeez, you know who I think their mascot player is. Tim Membry. Yeah. <laughs> I think he is them. He is them, yeah. He's like, very, he can kick five and he can also do nothing. He can do absolutely nothing or he can drop five on you to, to make sure that you lose because you can't. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I he's think, I think there were really high hopes for Silver the first like 10 rounds when they were like looking like a contender, but I was just looking at Max, King, Max King's overall scores for the year and it was 52-41. Yeah, I mentioned, yeah, yeah, like, I mentioned it earlier. He, he was disappointing he's got to take that next step if, if that was like half of those behinds of goals I reckon that would have been a different outcome yeah. here like that yeah 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 uh, uh, Jack Sinclair had a really good season I'll mention that one yeah really oh, they've got some good players yeah. but they just yeah I, I don't see where the big leap comes from now because I feel like all the young guys have gotten to that point now where the leap should be happening from yeah. hope <laughs> and it's yeah. just yeah Sydney Swans. Sydney. Okay, so last year Sydney finished sixth, and they had fifteen wins. Wow, they only won one extra game, but they're third. and they're third. The top four was tight all year. Yeah. This year. So uh, uh, okay, so a decent last. That's some good wins though to cap off the year. Like like I said, yeah. like they're one of the teams that's playing into really good form going into mm. finals. Um, I think they probably should have beaten St Kilda by more last year, but yeah, they've got a good. I mean, they got a they're, they're Sydney. Right, yeah. their their team is still very Sydney. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they play that same kind of style, that same kind of culture. That they're never easy have. to beat. Like, yeah. like sort of what I was saying about Richmond will be in the finals. Like they're not going to beat themselves. You, you have to beat them. Like they they're well coached and all that sort of thing. And they've got a few guys towards the end of their career. Josh P. Kennedy is retiring. Yes, uh, Franklin. We're not too sure about what's going to happen with him next I mean, year. They, they, I don't think he goes. They anywhere. basically have to yeah. keep winning because they have to keep paying Franklin regardless. So financially, <laughs> financially smart to like, just keep keep playing yeah. well. Yeah, I'd well, give him probably an eight. I reckon. Eight? Yeah, I was I tossing up a seven, but I think that'd be too high. So finished third. They had a really good year. I was just going to go a seven and a half, just because I know how much Reese likes halves. Yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. do it. Yeah, uh, I just think like. They do have a good mix of young. They've drafted well. Well, it seems like every young player they draft, they seem to hit on. And they've got good du- dudes like Blakely. Callum Mills has transitioned to more of a midfielder now, and he's been really good. Yeah. Um, I, I watched. I went to the um, the game they played against the Dockers here this year in the back half of the season, and they were just well coached. They, they picked it apart. They knew what Fremantle wanted to do defensively which was to kind of sag back and defend the long kick and, and turn it over. So they just kept hitting up short leads. They just, mm-hmm. with 20, 25 metre passes all up the field, including a kick to an inside 50 lead. And then they converted their chances. They were just clinical with it. And it was like so frustrating to watch because it was the, they just kicked to the obvious player, the obvious open player. But that's what Sydney do. They don't beat you with, Flashy stuff. It's not super duper exciting all the time. They just sort of, you know, they'll basketball like take what the defense gives you. It's fun and mental. They just make the right play all the time. They're like the exact opposite of like a Collingwood who's just like going by the seat of their pants. What's going to happen? You don't know. It's like Sydney just consistently, they just turn up and they just keep doing it over and, and over and, and over. And they, they have a kind of like ability to just like get someone from another team, like a Callum Sinclair or something. And all of a sudden when they get to Sydney, they're just like, it seems to be loads better than what they were at the original team. Like they just seem to have these guys that keep popping up like name, unknown names that I've really never really 
Like, <laughs> have no idea where these guys have come from. Yeah, I mean, Sydney, uh, they're up there in Sydney. So yeah. they're one of those teams that you kind of, they, they always fly under the radar and they don't get the attention that they deserve. When Even when they're playing well, like even when they're playing at the highest level, they could be in the top four, but because they're not a Victorian team, we kind of think they don't get the, they don't get the praise and they don't get the attention that they probably deserve. Um, is Paddy Paddy McCartan? Paddy McCartan. Paddy McCartan's one of the, uh, I think one of the uh, success stories or one of the big stories of the year. You know, um, mm. has because he was like, he was basically going to retire for concussions, like Jonathan Brown Jr. Yeah, I mean, he probably he probably should have. I, mean, I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people would argue that he probably should have stayed out. Well, doctors, doctors more so, yeah. Um, and and this is you know, I mean, this is a whole other story in terms of like, you know, where we are with protecting the head and and what becomes of, um, what becomes of the game in terms of how we assess things like this. But Paddy McCartan's the perfect example of somebody who's probably put his hand up and said, look. I'm going to have problems later on in life, but I'm going to have fun doing it. But you know, (laughs) like with my, you know, with with my concussions and everything, but I still want to play football. Mm. Yeah, Uh, fair enough. You know what? And I say, you know what? Just give it a crack. Yeah, if you can say at the end of the day that you gave it one big red hot crack and you made a career out of it, then good on you. And he's doing that. He's having a really good. He had a really good season this season, and uh, yeah, looks. What score did we give him? I gave him an eight. Eight. Yeah, eight across the board. Or you gave. Seven and a half because right. just a Who's next? best of the crawl. Uh, West Coast Eagles, I think. Oh, the West Coast Eagles. Well, they weren't flying high. And <laughs> please see our article on com or our Facebook page. Jeez, oh, he's plugging himself. An in-depth look at why they are so bad. <laughs> I'm going to give them a one. First of all, because West Coast oh. Eagles supporters are just... Oh, come on, mate. You bias. That's generalizing a little bit, but a lot of them are really bad. And I don't understand why... They take more pleasure in a Fremantle loss than they do a West Coast win. Just worry about your team. But uh, West Coast... Don't worry, they should. They were bad. They finished ninth last year with 10 wins. This year they had, what, two wins? Yeah, I'm giving them a two because of COVID. That's the only reason I give them a little bit of a saving grace. And there were some reasons why, but also a lot of their players just didn't turn up ready to play at the start of the year. Oh, no, you're right. And it yeah, starts at the top. You look at like Nick Nat, who should be, I don't know if he's in the leadership group. Yeah, I think I'm sure he's meant to be. I think Nick Nat and uh, who was the other Yo. one? Yo. Yo, Elliot Yo was really out of no, I mean, McGovern's me. always kind of a, a sloppier rig sort of operator, but he's <laughs> he gets it done anyway. Like I yeah. didn't criticize McGovern. He, he turned even, up most even, weeks. And, yeah, I mean, even McGovern's been like, un, like he's injured. So like yeah. he's not really getting any any use of. But Nick Nick Nat has he just does not look he hasn't looked fit for a while and for someone who's had so many injury problems, you'd think that he'd be like okay, I've probably got a few years left. I'm going to really prioritize putting all my work into my body. I'm going to be in as good a shape as I can be. And like maybe he can't run a lot and stuff because he's maybe he's had knee problems or whatever it is. But just try and get your diet right. Yeah. Get himself into good. You look at like world class yes, athletes. Yeah, you, look at someone ads. like a David Mundy, who when you see like the the dockers, he's like shredded as still. Yeah. But that's why that's why I don't understand. You see the hungry Jacks ads, and you see them like put the burger up to their mouth yeah. but not eat it. There's no way Nick Nat knew he's not eating that burger. <laughs> he eats it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But even guys who weren't like notorious for their bodybuilder physiques, like a Luke Hodge, he spoke about. In his last few years of his career, especially when he was at Hawthorne, I think maybe at Brisbane he didn't worry as much because he was sort of a tail end, really. But when they were still, you know, competing for premierships at Hawthorne, he was trying to be one kilo lighter each season as he got older because it just takes a bit more pressure off your joints. Mm. I think Nick Nat, like, 
as bad as he's been, and uh, or not bad, but more of a non-factor because he's not available, and when he's available, he's not fit. If he could drop a little bit of weight, if he came back next season and he was like, I don't want to put kilos on it, but let's just say he's he's more you know more slender, more lean, his skin folds are better, he's in yeah. really good shape. He could go back to being like all if he could play all year. Yeah. He could, he still can really impact the game heavily. Yeah, you see. But yeah, now exactly. he's basically just tapping the ball, and then yep. it's like once it's gone, t- a bit like the games I played this year of thirds playing in the midfield is like when it's in that ten meter radius of the tap. Like, yeah, I'm all over it clearance wise. But then once it gets up in the spread, I'm cooked because I got no no fitness. Yeah, he's like that. Once it's more than ten meters away, it's like he may as well just go to the bench and sit down. Yeah. So that's the sort of thing. West Coast, I think they could like. I don't think they can turn around in terms of being contender quickly, but they can certainly come off the bottom of the ladder quickly if a few of their senior players that still have a few years left in them I just s- make an effort to really put it in. But it's going to be hard because they know what are we really playing for. Yeah, really I, I think I think the the best. I think the I think the most likely scenario is that they finish bottom of the ladder and um, Simpson gets the gets sack. the gets the sack. Um, and then they kind of reload from there. But I think that's like an inevitable outcome for next season yeah. almost. I think if they that, win more yeah. than five games next year, he'll retain his job. Because I think I think the only reason he's retained the job this year is because of the whole COVID situation. Like yeah. I think and because he's got a premiership to his name, so yeah. he gets a bit of like a grace where, where were they on the ladder last year? Did you go through that? They were ninth. Ninth. So oh. they just missed out by one game. So you're saying Carlton could be second bottom next year, basically. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. West Coast, uh, I, it was predictable that they would fall, but not this hard and this fast. Uh, I think. And also yeah. just the thrashings they've gotten is just like, yeah, obviously with the replacement thing. players, like that's, yeah. that's fine. They didn't but, like, just lose a loss. The back half of the year, give them credit, they were a lot more competitive. Yeah, they were. A lot more. Even against the Dockers, like, they were really competitive. You know, they've, they've put in some better efforts back half of the year. And I think Josh Kennedy, give him some respect. He retired yeah, this year. Sure. He still turned up yeah. most yeah. weeks and kicked... Do you, Goals. do you find Football it? Club do you find it weird that they didn't get his last game for the derby? Yeah, I don't know it was a Dockers home derby, but it's like, what does it matter? It's yeah, a like in I'm front sure of the home crowd. Frio fans are not as spiteful towards West Coast as West Coast <laughs> fans. I don't. I think the Dockers. Fan, what cool. I'm getting at, I think the Dockers fans would have paid respect. I think regardless right of in the that makes sense. West Coast, regardless fans. of the anim, like, regardless of like the angry kind of tribe mentality of footy, like I think they're going to get around a retirement yeah. of a like a, I would a even good expect footballer. if it was like the reversal, like let's say the last game of the year had been an Eagles home derby. I would have expected the Eagles fans to be res- like pay respect to Dave Mundy mm. or whatever because he's been a great and and particularly players like a Mundy and a Kennedy that never really had any biffo or any controversy with anyone like they were never mm. causing any problems they were always you know good guys yeah all right let's uh, move on I've, I've got even one still but yeah. one yeah. all right so one just, one just for our good mate friend I'm being nice just, could, hate, just for our good friend I'm Sam big, I'm not a big West Coast Eagles fan <laughs> but I'm giving them a two. Dogs made the grand final last year from fifth position and they had 15 wins last year. This year they snuck in to the eight with 12. uh, But that's their domain. Yeah. I'll give them a five because I think last year's grand final they got absolutely belted and it's easy to say, oh, they made the grand final, but they did finish fifth. Like they probably shouldn't have been there. They got hot at the right time and they got smacked in the grand final. I think they're... Yeah, they, they had a tough start to the year, but they got it together. So you give them some credit for that. I think a five is fair. I'm five. going with a five. Yeah, yeah I think that's pretty much on and the. I think they're money. going out this week. Do you think so, they go? Yeah. They're going out first round. Yeah, oh, there'd be a huge challenge for probably not the team would have picked for us to play. 
because they have they do play well over here and Norton's given us some headaches before. Bontempelli always plays well against the Dockers generally, but I think it'd be a good matchup. Yeah. No, yeah, I think five's route right. Their list, you know, just a quick look at it, you know, it's it's still got a few more years in it, I think, to kind of like oh, be yeah, around the mark. Young. Still a team. Yeah. Still That's a it. team. It's still a team. <laughs> uh Tim English has been good. Um Timmy. he's a bit of a bit of a standout. Libba's good. Um you know, he's one of those kind of players who's Ever, basically they won basically they won a they won a premiership and he just kind of disappeared on a bender that seemed like for a bit <laughs> basically like Western Bulldogs to goey yeah Bailey Smith's had a little bit of uh, inconsistent season with all his issues Jamari Hugo Hagen looks like he's finding a little bit of form yeah he's stepping up a bit so yeah I Mitch know. Wallace didn't realise was even still on that list he didn't yeah he's still on that list I don't know if he'll yeah, be there next around. year though alright um, alright yeah I mean that's the that's the, the grading scores. That's so, the grading. Um, that's like agenda item two. Geelong, on our list. <laughs> Geelong wins the season. Geelong We're here wins all with, week. A, with a flat ten. Thanks for listening to Yana Looks uh, season reviews. If you like what you heard, uh, jump onto Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and uh, let us know your thoughts. If you didn't like what you heard, uh, jump on as well and you know give us a bake or a, a cook or a roast and uh, or any other culinary based slang you might uh, prefer uh, and uh, yeah have a, have a red hot crack thanks <laughs>